Hello everyone and welcome to the Belgian Football Podcast. We are back and we are here for our bumper pre-season preview. We know you've all been looking forward to this one. We know you all enjoyed it last year, so hopefully we can be half as good as we were last season. And as per usual, I am joined by Scott and Joris. We signed them up for another year maybe even a couple more years. Who knows? The contract's kind of indefinite at this point. They haven't really got an, an opt-out clause either. Scott and yours, how are you guys doing on this ridiculously hot evening? <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? It's great to be back. New season, new faces, new optimism, which can mean only one Means, thing. Um, I spoke to you guys yesterday about last season, no? So <laughs> the season is already upon us. I'm not <laughs> ready for it, to be honest, uh, completely honest. But it is what it is, and we'll, uh, I'll be happy to join you guys again for a new season, for sure. Yeah, I know what you mean, yours. I feel like... Like, it's like third week of the Tour de France. I'm not ready to think about football. I'm still in kind of like cycling and cricket sort of like focus at the moment. But we've got to do what we have to do. Just like last year, we're going to go through every single team in the Belgian Pro League. We're going to look at the incomings, the outgoings and just kind of the state of play of each club. And we're going to start this season with the new boys. Vestalo back in the big time, promoted quite comprehensively from the second tier. Let's just quickly go over their ins and out. So incomings, they've got Halil Akbuna, the right winger comes from Goztepe uh, in Turkey. Goztepe got relegated last year, I believe, but he put up some pretty decent numbers, so definitely got to speak about him. They confirmed the signing of Lyle Foster. He was on loan from Gomez uh, in Portugal, but he's now come permanently. Griffin Yao, youngster from DC United's joined. Uh, Nick Gillikens from Muscon, the goalkeeper. Sinan Bolak, Gent's goalkeeper, who just completely disappeared last year. Probably going to be the best alone number one. Jan Bernat, the attacking midfielder from Zelina. Uh, he was actually on loan at Veselo. He's been confirmed signing. Douglas Nene, striker, young striker from RB Salzburg, joins on loan as well. Ravel Tajir from Bashaker in Turkey. He's joined on loan, young centre-back. And Brian Reynolds, who was on loan at Kortrijk. He's now on loan at Veselo. Uh, in terms of outgoing, fringe players have moved on. Thomas Efestian has gone to Molenbeek. Jordi Matei uh, has gone to Bochol VV. Hannah Smolders has gone to Des sport Glenn Jehu has gone to Heist Crystal Lorema has gone to Sondjesk in Denmark and Klostov Van Hoot the goalkeeper he's gone to Lommel on a three Scott I'm going to start with you on Vestalo looking at their squad looking at kind of what they did last year obviously we had the ridiculous moment with Union coming up and doing what they did last year probably not really expecting the same from Vestalo but nonetheless they actually they've got a really good squad on paper to definitely don't see them as kind of relegation favourites in any means probably like a mid-table squad what do you think when you look through their team? I feel quite positively about them actually they've done they've done quite a lot of business and they did um, most of the business quite early on as well, which is always a good sign. I think they've obviously, there's some key loans in there as well that they've renewed, which I think have been important for them. And they've added a bit of depth and quality right across the squad. So on the whole, I feel very positively about where they are. They've had the infrastructure in place at the club probably for a couple of years now to, to be a pro league club. So it's nice that they've they've finally made it. A lot of people will know that Westerlo uh, have Turkish owners. They're owned by uh, Oktay Erkan, who's a, a Turkish textile magnate who in recent years has, has got into to football as, as wealthy magnates do uh, of different kinds. And really over the course of the last few years, he's been 
been developing the infrastructure at the clubs. I think they've been ready for a while. A couple of seasons back, they narrowly missed out. They just went off the boil at the wrong point, really, uh, but went very close then. Jonas de Rop comes in last season, good appointment as head coach. And much like Union did year before last, they really just kind of cruised, cruised the lower division. And but for a wee wobble at the tail end of the season, they were, you know, by far the best side, really. And I, I think they're going to have an okay season. It's difficult to predict, you know, how well they're going to do. But I don't, I don't worry for them. And I think there is something to look out for, and that is they've become serial winners, much like Union did before they were promoted. And I think that's going to stand them in good stead this season. There. You know they're used to consistently winning, and I think that's that going to mean they're going to come into this season with confidence, especially knowing the squad has more depth. So yeah, I think they, I think they're coming at this in in yeah, no, definitely. Um, Yoris, straight over to you. What do you think? Do you agree with Scott, or are you more upbeat or less upbeat on Vestalo? I suppose I'm a bit more skeptical, like I usually am with things. I suppose that I do think they should be fine. But I have the small key that they do, do have a really broad uh, squad. So there's they have plenty of players. Uh, all positions are occupied. And they have a really good goalkeeper uh, in, in Bola. Could become really important for them. But I'm still wondering. There's Up, up front, I, I there's no one there that really has proven that much on the first division level yet. Um, some of them are, of course, transfers. So it's difficult. And if, they, if these are a hit, then... The, the, there's, there should not really be an issue. Others will have to see if they can get their level up with the next gear. Because unlike Union, they had two, two real top scorers in Van Zer and uh, Undaf last season. That's the bit that I lack in this comparison. Of course, nobody, ex- even Scott, doesn't expect them to become uh, real title challengers. But I do think if they, they could be in danger if some dices are rolled against them. I do think a mid-table, lower mid-table finish would be my prediction after all I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm quite excited to see how Dorgalese Nine does. I think he's quite an interesting loan signing for them. You know, a promising young striker uh, on loan from Salzburg. I think, uh, you know, if he can if he can do well, then you know that 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 would be nice. I think he's for me anyway. He's the most interesting signing. I think. Yeah, no, I was looking when I was going through kind of looking at teams and stuff like him last year. Spent more time in the um the second division in in Austria but eight goals seven assists um the assists especially yeah. that stands out quite a lot to me and um looking like I mentioned at the beginning with Halil Akhbuna the Godstepe man like he spent forever at Godstepe 310 games 49 goals 52 assists seven assists last season like they've got creativity there I think it's like you always said like you're then looking at Douglas to put the ball in the back of the net we've seen Lyle Foster he's still young but we've seen him before in the pro league and he didn't really he wasn't ready for it that's for sure. So interesting to see if he can come through and do it. Looking through the squad, just kind of players of interest for people who are kind of following, who follow football. That's a stupid thing to say. Um, Roman Neustatter, uh, he's there, quite old now, 34-year-old. He signed halfway through last season. Charlton fans will definitely remember Igor Vettakele. Uh, he's still he's still around. Uh, he's going to be there. Not sure we're going to see much of Igor Vettakele this season, just in terms of looking at how much he played last year compared to this year. But yeah, you're looking at Erden Dakai or Daki up front, Kian Vesen. They're kind of been the players that have really were kind of the goal scorers last year. It was kind of more by committee. Uh, Jan Bernat, I already mentioned, he had some pretty good numbers last year for them. So there's some really interesting players. And Maxim de Kuyper, obviously, on loan from um, from Club Bruges. We know a lot about him. Interested in Ravel Tajir, 19-year-old centre-back. Could 
could see a lot of minutes this year for them. So yeah, it's I I completely agree with both of you. I think mid table for Vestalo next season. Um, we will post our table predictions, but we're going to give ourselves a little bit more time because who knows. Some moves may happen this week. They may completely change our predictions. But that's Vestalo. Definitely an interesting team to watch. I'm just excited to see a new team, see how they play, see how these kind of players pan out. Especially the youngsters. They've really got a couple of interesting young players in there, which nicely segues onto the next team who are full of youngsters, as we know, which is Anderlecht. In terms of incomings, spent a bit of money this year. Ishak Abdulrazak comes from Norshopping. Uh, in Sweden, the, the winger Nilsson Anguillo comes in from LDU Quilto, about £1.7 million, not sure how much that is in, in Euros, and I guess kind of the bigger, big signing for them to kind of get the goals is Sebastiano Esposito, comes in alone from Inter, that one felt like it was going on forever, we kind of all knew he was coming but it just felt like forever, and that's kind of a theme with this year's transfer <laughs> market, I think Joris, you were saying it before we recorded, that there's these like, these transfers we know are happening but there's teams to take forever to go through, no surprise to see in the outgoings Josh Cullen going to Burnley literally if um, Vincent Company could adopt him as a son I think he would he's basically his favourite person in the entire world um, so not surprised to see that one happen <laughs> Alas Colbat's move to Palmer was confirmed um, that one kind of knew was happening Michel Vlap finally gone he's gone to Twente 1.8 million Kenny Saif's gone to Baku on a free and Zakaria Bakali no surprises has been released on a free as well yours Go to you first on Anderlecht. Um, obviously, new manager under Felisa Mazu. Do you think what he has there is enough to push for the title? Or do you think there's still a kind of work in progress going on at Anderlecht? I think that he should, but I'm not sure if they are ready for that. And I'd say that he should because of how it all unrolled at the end of last, back end of last season and why company is not there anymore and why he is there now. Uh, the results will be even more crucial uh, this season. The pressure is on him for sure. He needs to do better <laughs> and get European uh, group stages guaranteed, I guess, either via cup or league, which is uh, not an easy feat to, in the Belgian league at the moment. Yeah, the squad looks good. Also to come back to what you already commented as well, uh, the, these transfers that are going on for, for ages it seems to be a team and there are two annoying teams for us in this transfer window for this recording one that the start of the season is so early so there's still plenty of time in the transfer window itself so many things can still change and secondly these transfers are, are dragging on for so long there there are a few that we could announce probably here but might not be coming through in the end so maybe we shouldn't just these transfers that are keeping dragging on it's it's yeah it's very, very difficult for us to, to judge. Yeah, though, they didn't invested a lot. They they lost Cullen, but he only had one year contract left. So I think they got a good sum for him. He, he was a really good signing for them in, in, in financially difficult times. But I'm also not sure if he would was really the player to run for the title, go for the title. They they might replace him, which is something that's pretty much of a discussion point among Anderlecht fans that by restoring, so to say, uh, Trebel in his status. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I think it will be difficult for them to go for the title, because Mazu seems to be seeing him uh, as a real number six, and I don't think, well, he has proven all in all his career, actually, so far, he's not disciplined enough for that, so he's running around all the pitch and will leave them exposed. So I guess, in a way, it really specifically 
specifically to that position. If you trade the Cullen for Travel, in my mind, you, you trade a, a constant six or seven number on 10 in for a player that can get an eight or maybe even a nine at some games, but also a four in a few others. Additionally, Travel is quite injury prone and with the salary he has and the one only one year contract left, I'm, I'm not sure if he's the foundation you want to build up on, but it seems to be that Mazu is doing that. That would be a bit of a worry for me that I don't think for that reason alone, I think they will not be real title challengers. On the other hand, their squad, well, their youngsters are getting, a, got another year of experience and um, are have gotten better. I, by the looks of it, they, they did some good signings. Another thing that's, that's also a first in this episode is that we might have to balance out how it will pan out with yeah Anrecht A squad but they also have their squad in 1B now so especially with squads with uh, a lot of youngsters in their broader squads we will also have another episode like this for 1B for the um, development squads that are now going to be in 1B it's it's going to be very difficult and a bit flu I guess so to say who's going to be where <laughs> from or for several players uh, long story short well, so no I don't think there will be real title contenders I do think they have a good squad so then uh, at the moment uh, and they are still building on it yeah I, I think they will battle for playoff one like they did before if that will be enough for everyone uh, for all stakeholders that's another question <laughs> you, you pulled on some things that I was going to throw to Scott anyway so it, it tangents quite nicely um yeah Scott I was going to ask about Adrian Treble like we've seen lots of chat about him playing in that role I agree with Yoris I think it's a massive risk looking further into the squad we know Mazu likes that 3-5-2 like but how are you going to fit these players into it like I've seen obviously they had that result against Leon in a friendly which is very impressive but then there's some other players like it's going to be a very different kind of style to what we saw under company and I feel like yeah there's some exciting players there but it's kind of a question of where they fit how he's going to use them it's quite interesting isn't it yeah I keep changing my mind about how I feel about Anderlecht and how they might do this season you know one day I'm like I can see a title challenge and other days I'm like mm, I'm, I'm not so sure or, or for reasons that kind of Yoris has already touched on I think you know the, the Mazu change in a coaching sense is really interesting because they're going to play quite differently this season to the way they did last year obviously under big Vinny company they were playing 4-4-2 and you know a very heavily possession based game and that's what he wanted in demand and there's a degree of patience that, that that went with that. I think Mazu is is under a lot of pressure. That's a really good point that Yoris makes. I mean, basically, Big Vinny was sacked because they they didn't mount a good enough title challenge. And a lot of people, obviously, the Anderlecht support in particular, were horrified by that because everybody could see a degree of progress. So you know, I think if you're analysing the bigger picture, then actually, you know, that that was a very harsh harsh sacking, really. But I think as well that if if the change of system from from Vinny's four four two to Mazo's three five two and in a style uh, of football that's going to be very similar to the way that he had Union playing last year kind of clicks for them quickly I can see them doing quite well and that's really not so much because of the system but more because there's something more direct and more physical about that that way of playing that I think they lacked and it's that element of their their game regardless of what formation and tactically how they led to set up that I think they were missing so I think it'll come down to two things it'll come down to can can the system click with all of these players 
And can Mazu keep that squad happy as well? Yoris touched on that, you know, and you mentioned it as well, Ben. You know, there's, you know, how do you accommodate some of these players? There are players there who don't necessarily fit that system at all, but are still very, very good players. On the treble point, I think it's it's interesting because there was obviously interest in Casper Nielsen. He's now gone to Club Bruges. I think there was a feeling when Mazu looked at the squad that if that didn't happen, which it hasn't in the end, then it wouldn't be the end of the world because treble was there. If he can stay fit, and play as well as he can play I think he could be extremely useful and all the signs are at the moment that he's going to be be a be, be a regular starter but there'll have to be a plan B if that doesn't work out I, I don't know I think the first month will tell us quite a lot at the moment I think they might do quite well I think if Esposito and Silva who hasn't been confirmed yet manage to click together I think they could score a hell of a lot of goals and Esposito looks looks really really good I think the, the little that I've seen of him so far so I feel I, I feel really quite positive about them at the moment but can he can, can the pressure be managed adequately that's that's the biggest question and that's the one we don't know the answer to yet would a bad start for example lead to problems in the camp you know how how patient are they going to be because last the end of last season showed us that the board at Astrid Park are not as patient as perhaps no, they I should think be just talking again about the formation the 3-5-2 my kind of worry is you look through the squad now and you're like okay the three centre-backs are basically the only three centre-backs fit in the squad and can be relied on it uh, obviously who Hannes Del Quai and Zena de Bast it's like well then are you going to make mm. Murillo play centre-back if one of those has to drop out? I don't think he's going to be good there. Mikhailichenko at centre-back if he has to on the right-hand side or the left-hand side. So I think they definitely need to go get another centre-back. And I feel like this was an issue we had with them last season with obviously injuries for Debast and Delcroix that happened. So, I mean, they shouldn't go and get Magajan again. I don't think he was good enough. I think everyone kind of agreed that that was not the right move. And the fact that Debast came in and was just like better than him pretty much instantly. So if they can get another centre-back or two in, then I feel like they, they should be in good stead. But I kind of agree with both of you. Maybe more Yoris. I don't think they're quite ready yet for the title challenge. I'm surprised that Yari Vashan's not getting more interest from abroad than he has been. I'm very quiet on that and I'm sure if you're an Andalek fan you're very happy about that because I saw some people waxing lyrical about his performance the other day and about how his kind of role under Mazu. So I'm really excited to see what he does there. Let's move on from Andalect. Uh, let's go over to Bruges, to the Circler. Start with Circler Bruges. Interesting, one of their signings is really exciting. I'm sure we're all kind of interested to see how this one goes. It's um, Aisia Uyeda, uh, the striker from Kashima Antlers, about 1.17 million. Lots of J-League fans have been talking very highly about Uyeda and predicting him to do quite well. Uh, Sene Miange confirmed full signing from Cagliari and Emilio Kera comes in from Freiburg's second team. Uh, in terms of outgoings, again, more kind of fringe players going out. Alexander Corlin, uh, he's gone to SK Beveren, uh, which is Vazan Beveren, but they've renamed it SK Beveren. We'll talk about that much more when we talk about 1B. Uh, Andy Koshi has gone to Beerscott for free. Uh, Killian Hazard has gone to Molenbeek for free. Knew that was going to happen. Alemani Gori has gone to Paris FC. Uh, he was already there last year, so this is kind of just a confirmed signing. Ani Cassette's gone on loan to Vuitton. And Frank Canute has gone on loan to Sochar. Bit of a shame about that one. I did rate Frank Canute, but injuries just meant he never really was going to get a look in uh, in the team. I've asked you two guys, so maybe I'll have a crack at this one first. Again, I've already mentioned him, Ueda. Really excited to see him. Obviously, no Matondo. Uh, they weren't able to bring him back, which is a massive shame, uh, but it was always going to be quite 
quite difficult to bring him back. So they've gone for gone for Ueda in terms of someone who will probably replace the goals that he scored. And I'm interested to see if they're going to play him and Kevin Denke up front together. I think that could be quite cool to see if they do put those two up front. Still got Dino Hotic. Uh, he was in fantastic form at the back end of last season. Keeping him is going to be massive. And then the kind of rest of the team is pretty much the same. You're looking at kind of a couple of Monaco players probably coming over because it's, it's always around this time of year, isn't it, guys, where they've gone and had a look at them in the training camp and it's kind of like, right, he's, these are the ones you can pick from. Obviously, last year you had Utkus, Popovic uh, making the move over. So it'll be kind of similar things in that sort of sense. But they finished off last season really well. Thalhammer's already already come out and said, we overachieved. So he's kind of lowering expectations again. But I think they're looking in pretty good stead. The squad last year was good at the back end, the way it started to play under his kind of the way he wanted them to play kept most of it together apart from Matondo could have a, a little bit of a tussle in goalkeeper position I don't think they will Thomas Didleon got injured obviously and Farlison came in but Wallison he was really good I thought in goal really good shot stopper played pretty well so I think he's got every right to be like look I feel like I should be starting the season in goal still got Jesper Darland as well at centre-back so Scott or yours either of you want to jump in on this one Circla how do you see him do you think do you think they overachieved a little bit at the back end of last year and this year they're kind of just going to be a, a sort of more of a mid-table side I think probably yes. I mean that point of Dominic Talhammer's about you know not not getting too carried away is very very important. I think they had a great tail end of last season and a lot of great work was done. And I think you know as we've talked about a lot towards the end of last season, certainly since the turn of the year when Dominic Talhammer came in, I think they found a an in house style tactically that they that they want to develop and embed now, and we're going to see more of that. And yeah, I mean I think their squad's in quite a good place. I mean one of the things I wanted to say about Circle is you know when was the last time they were in as good a, a kind of starting position as, as this going into a season I, I don't remember that at all I suspect the, 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 the target probably is a playoff two place minimum and that's absolutely what they should be pushing for they weren't too far away from that at the, at the end of last season of course the really interesting one and I think it is one of the most interesting signings of the summer so far the first one you mentioned Ben Japanese striker Yazi Udia uh, when he when he left uh, Kamishima recently um, he left the J-League as the current top scorer um, and has a, a, an incredible re- uh, scoring record there almost almost one and two and um, he's very highly rated by by a lot of people and I think Circle have done a, a fantastic piece of business there getting him uh, at such a small fee. The challenge of course will be if he does well holding on to him but you know that's that's the, the joys and, and hazards of football in, in equal measure isn't it? But I think he's exactly the sort of signing in a way that they need and we know that virtually all Japanese players regardless of their positions are very good technically have a very high work rate and and, and are very intense you know just whatever they play against so I think he's really going to fit into the system he just obviously needs to acclimatise to you know European football and and, and Talhammer specific you know that high intensity press and, and high turnovers and things like that but I think you know he's definitely got the profile of the sort of player who can do that so I can really see why why they were so excited to to get in early for him as well so I'm really looking forward to seeing him in competitive action I think they're going to do kind of quite well I, I think they'll have a very decent season because they've got a good squad they've got a good manager they're settled and everyone's bought into the, the in-house style as I was saying at the end of last season so I'm kind of quite excited to see how how high they I don't could see why they wouldn't be able to get the same result or better than last season as uh, uh, 
over the, over the whole of the season, of course. Yes, they overachieved for a period of time, but in the end, they ended 10th, I believe. That's basically also where I would picture them at the moment, 10th, or maybe get into the playoff two. It depends. Oh, well, as Scott already mentioned, like they did lose Matondo, which is, or uh, was it Scott or Ben? Matondo is a big loss, obviously. That's the point. And indeed, in goal, as, uh, yeah, they, they will have to see if, the, if it will be as consistent and as good as before when the goalkeeper change is always um, excited and scary at the same time for fans but yeah Vagelason is not uh, it's not like he's gonna go for his debut either so uh, I think that should be fine Ueda really interesting you guys already touched on that I do see a mid-table finish for them I guess they were one of the teams that are a bit scared that that, that they might lose a few more players before the end of the uh, transfer window so that that everything we're saying now uh, might might be not useful. Yeah, no, I think I agree with both of you on that. Kind of pushing playoff two, I think they should be happy if they can manage to do that. City rivals will probably be hoping for a little bit more. Uh, last year's champions, Club Bruges, also Super Cup winners as well, just this past weekend, uh, thanks to a nice deflected Scovolson goal. They have brought in Bjorn Meyer uh, from Groningen for about 5.4 million. He started this weekend. Ferran Utgla from Barcelona, uh, 4.5 million around about that for him. He also started this weekend and had some horrendous misses, um, but his movement looked good. So I'm kind of clinging <laughs> on to that, that he's just getting setting himself, getting himself like, acclimatised. Uh, Laren, he's back. Uh, he comes in on a free from Besiktas. And they finally, finally got Kasper Nielsen uh, from Union for around about four and a bit million. In terms of outgoings, uh, Louis Appender, uh, he's gone to Lons for about 8.8. Baz Dost, he's gone. He's gone to Utrecht for free. Matej Mitrovic, he's gone for free to Rijeka. Klemencic was still on the books, but he's now gone to Jakarta for an undisclosed fee. Uh, Muasa, who they bought in last year, uh, didn't really work out. He's gone to Montpellier on loan. And Jose Isguerdo, uh, he's also left on a free. So when they were signed all those random players that they'd had before, like Isguerdo, Vesley and that, uh, they've all kind of just never really worked. Um, all kind of random anyway. Scott, go to you first on this one. How do you think the last year's champions are shaping up this year? I'm slightly unconvinced by some of the signings, but I I think they're very much going to start as favourites for me. They they have to because you know they've they've been there and they've done it a number of times now. You know, third title in a row last year. You know, fifth in seven years. You know, they're they the proven proven consistency really. I think they're they're in a pretty good place. I think uh, the Nielsen deals I think quite important really in a way. Um, that's a big sign and you know he's he's a really good player Casper Nielsen and I think that deal is worth actually up to about 6.8 million potentially for Union uh, if the bonuses uh, kick in as well so it's, it's a great bit of business for them he obviously wants to play regular Champions League football so he can he can go to the World Cup with Denmark which I think this will pretty much ensure that he's going to be a starter is he going to start ahead of um, you know who Mr Vormer you, you would imagine so I, I I think I mean watching them yesterday in, in, in the Super Cup they, they look quite good to me I, I enjoyed that game yesterday because uh you know games like that can either be a bit hot or cold because they're you know the week before the season starts and a lot of players aren't quite at peak fitness yet and obviously uh, there was a couple of changes before the game actually Bruges lineup wasn't what 
Carl Lofkins wanted it to be because he had to make a couple of last minute tweaks for that reason players felt a bit, a bit of a twinge that they wouldn't normally because they're not fully fit yet but they start as strong favourites for me Ucla, um that was the first time I'd kind of seen him up close over the per- period of a, of a full 90 minutes and as you were saying earlier Ben his, his, his movement's good and I think he's doing all the right things unfortunately yesterday his finishing was um, embarrassing him slightly but you know we shouldn't be too judgmental and harsh in him yeah, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't get carried away, but you can see why they're interested in them. Financially, they've done extremely well this summer. You know, they've brought a good amount of money in, and while they've been spending at the same time, it's it's well within proportion in terms of you know the money that's been coming in. The one name we haven't mentioned, of course, because it hasn't reached a conclusion as of recording, is how much longer Charles de Kettelar will be around. I think there could be some very significant movement in the direction of going to Italy this week. He didn't play yesterday in, in, in the Super Cup and although Leeds, who remain very interested, have offered more, my understanding is that Milan are, you know, ready to come back in with a, with a third offer which, you know, should at least match that Leeds offer and that should, you would imagine, be enough to kind of get that over the line. They've, they've been very honest and said that, you know, there won't be another direct replacement for him so who's the players that have already come in are going to accommodate for that but they, they, they look strong enough to me and they definitely start the season again as favourites On that me, point anyway. about De Ketela and Lang, Joris if those two leave would that change your mind on them being a strong team and one of the title favourites or do they have enough without even without those two to be right up there? Of course they will miss them but I do think they are still clear favourites for sure. They, they are they still have a very stable core. Yeah, they should be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. They should really win the, win the title again. Not much to say. Yeah, there, there's uh, It's interesting to see the new faces. You already commented, uh, commented on that. Uh, was also, it's still interesting to see which striker will they in the end still assign or Will they indeed not? Their yeah, their, their their medical team seems to be like the top in Europe because no striker is going past it, getting past it. When the deals seem to be done, <laughs> Morici, Carroll, and Afope the didn't get there. They might be looking into bigger transfers. They also wanted to spend nine million, or was it even more, on uh, Morici, and that would have been yeah, also already one of the records of uh, transfers ever in Belgium. It will be tough to, to get past them for anyone I suppose you know, because of the balance that they still have they can fit in a few players we still expect uh, Skov Olsen to have settled even more while he was already impressive same with Buchanan the main question for me is more are they indeed also lining up for Europe as well uh, for the European ambitions they have already mentioned like yes the, the, the league uh, Europe is not necessarily a priority this year we need to consolidate our, our league status and um, yeah Win, win the title again but yeah that, that that's mainly I think because of the poor outcome of the draw last year but I'm sure if the draw is a bit different this year uh, by the end of August we will hear a bit uh, different sounds out of uh, out of Lugrie. yeah I'm not sure if they are ready for at the moment at this point in time I'm actually sure they are not but there's still time for them to, to arrange that to really get ready for that next step in Europe yeah I think if De Ketela and Lang leave I don't think Europe's gonna be successful for them yeah i completely agree on that but um, yeah I'm, I, I think i said at some point last year but i'll be I've, i feel like scovolson is a golden shoe potential winner just based on what we saw last year and him kind of settling even more yeah striker wise i'm really interested to see where they go i mean the ando carroll one was weird the benekophobia one was weird 
murky one <laughs> was like less weird but still weird like do you know what I mean it was like well, I don't they, they didn't seem like the sort of striker where the ukula like we were kind of saying I don't know half on about but the movement looked a little bit more like yes this is a sort of player I can see working well with the players that they've got, like the creative midfield behind them. Casper Nilsson, I think he's going to be a great signing. Just in the energy he brings. It was interesting to see Owen Otasawi playing and playing at centre-back as part of a back three. Um, it's interesting to see him getting, getting a shout in there. So it's going to hopefully see a little bit more of him this year because, uh, yeah, he really struggled with fitness and everything last year to even get a look in. Laren's, I wouldn't say it's a weird one, it's an interesting one. Him and Tejon Buchanan, they got a nice bit of Canadian flair running through the team. He had a pretty poor miss with one of his first touches on the weekend as well. So hopefully the shooting boots will be will be on for Club Rouge. I want them to do well in Europe. It's just great for Belgium if they do. But hopefully the draw is a lot nicer this year and we'll see kind of what happens over the next couple of weeks with the Ketelaga and that does give them a lot of money. I know they said they won't get a direct replacement, but it gives them the chance to kind of bring in some more players for the European push. But we will see what happens. I think it's worth, um, just, just before we, we move on, Ben, I think it's worth underlining. I touched on the kind of economic situation going on at Club Rouge at the moment and the, the fact that they are that bit further ahead of, of everyone else, um, including the, uh, let's whisper it for Club Rouge fans, Anderlecht, that the fact that they've got group stage Champions League football, you know, the guaranteed income from that. And then when you bear in mind De Ketelar is certain to leave over the coming week or so, next week and a half, the money from those two alone uh, is worth about. 70 75 million to the club and that's discounting you know the 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 openda you know which is eight and a bit million so fi- financially they've got so much more room to maneuver and to play with and that alone just keeps their noses that bit further ahead of of of, of everybody at the moment and that's the thing i think that may well turn out to be yeah telling no definitely game. and um oh, we need them to do well in europe this year to keep having that champions league kind of automatic group stage entry because yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely. not guaranteed. No, main things are not coming from Champions League points, though, <laughs> for Europe. That's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> just everyone do better in Europe would be nice, to be honest. Let's move on. This next section could have been really short, but we have a signing for Genk. And yeah, Joris was celebrating. We had to delay the start of the podcast so he could just enjoy the moment. But incomings, we have Nicolas Castro uh, for around 3 to 3.5 <laughs> million. Outgoings, Christian Thorsted has gone nice bit of money coming in for him. They're about nine million. He's gone to Sassuolo and Neto Borges has gone to Clermont Foot. Yoris got to start with you on Genk. Lots of players coming back from their loan spells. You've got Bastian Toma, you've got Ugbo, you've got Dessers. Also got Sebastian de Vast. Not sure how much he's going to play, but lots of players coming back. One new signing. But are you happy in terms of how the squad is anyway? Or do you feel like actually there's some, there's some positions we should have fixed and we still need to get sorted i'm very scared for this season to be fair the vast will not feature because he's together with ugbo and bong honda he will be leaving at some point during this transfer window or at least not feature because they're training separately from the squad so even if they don't get out of there the tell they will have an easy way to uh, get their salary i'm sure they won't feature anymore but yeah bong honda also leaving even if that's not official yet at some point could be end of august could be any day they'll again one of 
these things that seems a transfer that seems to be hanging around for weeks already now. But I don't think our defense backs like we need the left backs. I, neither Arteaga or Euclid is good enough. Last season we were way too optimistic about them in our preview. I remember that on the right back Munoz and Preciado should be better, but definitely left back should not be enough. And uh, although I really like that philosophy, there's uh, and uh, that there's a lot of players that are more technical and trying to pass their way out of things. Even with Aziz coming in in winter, he's shown some moments, but I'm not sure if he's ready for a full season already. Get some physical power in. Torstvet Salt, that was probably the one that, that could bring that in a way, even though I'm not the biggest Torstvet fan, to be fair. But he's like the one the one player that if you have any in your team, you'll like him. But uh, if you're an opponent, like that, every opponent hates him even though i'm not really following that line in general one or, or two of these kind of players that definitely can be uh, very useful in, in a squad and i think Torstvet was basically the only one left that had that in him this kind of poison maybe in him to annoy everyone but also do that in a good way for the team and well the, the shithouser i guess and well we'll see so yes i'm happy that castro came at least there's a signing i don't know him much so it's not mis- i'm not sure he didn't play that much lately because of a well, a transfer to frankfurt fallen through and yeah before that it's so he, he probably needs a little bit of time there they would seem to have gone again with a technical profile though two-footed play that's something that's always um, nice to see on paper let's see how how it is in in real life of course but uh, he is indicated as a two-footed player so uh, again going for technique but i'm not sure if he will be able to get a direct impact on the team and also if that was the position that needed the reinforcement most so uh, to bring it down to positions i think a left back one needs to be at least one needs to be sold and one needs to be um, yeah we need to get a new one we also could use in that regard with leaving is maybe not the worst like we we have a little we have too many eights in our team no, no sixes tens eight tens we now have eights we have enough but sixes we only have Aziz and for the 10 well for the rest I'm, I'm mainly hoping for breakthrough or final breakthrough of Oyen um, uh, but also I want to see El Canus who has been really good in uh, another 10 as I'll, uh, by the way well he might also feature a bit on the on the like Oyen uh, was also originally a 10 on the on the rings as well I guess but I hope to see him more I hope to see Nemeth um, more because I do see Dessers leaving Onowachu we'll have to see another like there's too many questions marks on top of everything else as well they could both be leaving i do i do trust name it but not well, I do even trust Neymar as first striker, already, but that's already a risk you can't really take in the position that Hink is in. But even then, you need Neymar needs ideally should be the second striker. If both Onuachu and Desers leave, we definitely also need a new striker, and striker is one of the most important positions in the team. So I'm I'm very very careful in my predictions for Hink this season. I'm I'm actually at the moment I would not predict them high up in the table to be honest. <laughs> well, I was looking through and thinking, oh yeah, I'm quite happy with it, but. Now you've just spoken me through the whole thing and I'm like, mm, yeah, actually, <laughs> they're moving down in my prediction table after this. Scott, just a quick one on Genk because you're obviously giving us a big lowdown. But Franken and this squad, do you like the matchup or do you think, like Yoris said, too many holes and they won't be able to fit? It's not quite ready to fit his style of play yet. 
I think that was you reading my mind because the one point I was going to make actually was was that one there that that name Rankin is is the right fit for Genk. I think great appointment. Know about this for a while. I think Rankin's ability to work with younger players, I think, is going to be key here because obviously the squad is going through a a period of transition and readjustment. But you know his his natural instinctive attacking style of football with with his ability to work with young players and to knit together. He's a real team ethic coach as well. It's it's all about the unit. And I think if he can bring those things together, then I, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Genk than, than Joris is going into this season. But I do understand his concerns. I think, yeah, it's a transitionary season. We don't really know how it's going to go for them. But I think they have the right man in there, Ben. And I think that that's the thing that makes me think they'll maybe do a little bit better than yeah, a lot of well, people are on, on Genk, and I also think he, he pr- should be the right fit. I'm not sure if he got the right tools at the moment. Yeah, we'll definitely wait and see on that one. Mm. Let's move over to Ghent then. Just one kind of major incoming for them. Uh, Hugo Kuipers from Franken's old club, Calvin Mecklen. He comes in for about 3.6. Malik Fofana obviously gets pushed up to the first team as well. Lots of excitement about Malik. In terms of outgoings, basically just a case of like loads of players they recently signed last summer now getting kicked out. Hazem uh, Bakari's gone to Red Star Belgrade for 1.8. Bayo, I've got down here that he's, he went to Charleroi because technically he did leave Ghent to go to Charleroi. We'll then talk about where he's gone afterwards later. But Perry, he came in last summer. He's already gone. He's gone to, <laughs> on a free to La Havre. Guinness Maledi, he's gone to Mechelen the other way from Kuipers. Sinan Bolak, we've already mentioned to Veselo. Uh, Walter George has gone to uh, Leuven. Adewale Oladoy has gone to Trenchin for about an undisclosed fee. Gianni Bruno came in last summer. He's now gone on loan to St. Luden. We'll talk about that one later on. Ruben Bezos has been released on a free and Giorgio Chakvatadze has gone to Bratislava in Slovakia on loan. Also rumours about Jordan Torona Liga after his loan spell coming back on a permanent. We'll have to wait and see about when that one gets announced or if it gets announced. But if he comes in, I'm quite high on Ghent because Tarek Tisidali is still there. And as long as Tarek Tisidali is still there, you can be a little bit higher on Ghent than you would be without him, that's for sure. Him and Kuiper is going to be interesting to see if they can build a partnership together. Centre-backs, as I've just mentioned, if Toronto Iga comes in, that's Akumu Ungaju and Toronto Iga with the backup of Godoy and Hunter Olsen. I feel like that's just a really, really strong defensive core. Then obviously you've still got Castro Montes, Matias Samoas, Addis if he gets fit again. Hopefully see some more of Elisha Owusu in the midfield. Sven Kums is still there, still doing his thing. Looks like he's still going to be a major player for them this year. And yeah, Lauren Depotcher's still there. He's injured at the moment, but they re-signed him after his fantastic season last year. Darko Lemayek, he's still there as well. I mean, it's been quite quiet in terms of incomings for Ghent. We're used to them signing a lot more players. Scott, looking at this squad, is there any kind of position you think mm, they could actually do with someone in to bring someone in? Or are you kind of like me, where you're actually like, Tisha Dali's there, the rest of the squad looks all right, they should have a good season? Well, looking at the overall squad, actually, it's first of all, it's nice to see that there hasn't been this massive turnover. You know, like you were alluding to, normally what happens again is lots of pretty random players come in. That that hasn't happened. They've been much more careful, I think, with their business this summer, which is interesting in itself because it's not normally what they do. When Heisenbrook signed a new contract, we know he's going to be sticking around and he he's quite happy, I think, at the moment. 
because they, they've already brought in their number one target, which was uh, Hugo Kuipers. That was somebody that Van Heisenbrook wanted before he even went to Mechelen, but they, they kind of couldn't make it happen. So he's he's quite happy with that. point that Ben makes on on kind of Kuipers and Tisa Dali and Turin Ariga, who, who I think will be confirmed in the next few days. Um, we've had some reliable information from, from, from a Ghent contact uh, of ours that kind of confirms that. I, I, I think they, they, they are in a good place. And also the fact that they're one of the few clubs really that, that haven't changed their coach and aren't going to change their basic system so in some respects they're actually going to have a head start on uh, sides that, that they would see as, as potential title challenges to them can they mount a title challenge I don't know actually I, I don't know I think I think they're in for a good season and I feel like at the moment that playoff one is not unrealistic a target or expectation for them and obviously if that's the case then who knows uh, how, how tight that playoff could be this season but the, their business has been good and I, I feel kind of quite good about them and like I was saying the fact that you know they've got a settled system and coaching place and there hasn't been too much of a turnover in staff and a playing sense actually is a very very positive thing for them um, so I'm expecting pretty yeah, decent things no, of the that's Buffaloes. kind of my thoughts on them Yoris are you going to bring some pessimism to the Ghent outlook they could also still end up like the Hink season like we were talking about Hink last season <laughs> because they were kind of in the same situation although <laughs> Van Hasenbroek of course has been longer there so I do think indeed they won't be having as bad a season as Hink had last season well I still have my doubts a bit but like I said to you guys before as well like all hinges on Tisodalia will the club actually push him out at some point because he only has one year contract or will they go for it and it, and he's, he's after the Super Cup even still stated like well at the moment it isn't likely that I will sign a new one here so well for the club I guess the option is to sell him now if they want to make a profit but yeah that will damage them uh, a lot um, if they would do that yeah I think that's the biggest, um, I was just going to say it, that's the biggest surprise of the summer so far for me, isn't it, guys? Why Tarek Tisadali is actually still there. And again, you know, our information, which is quite reliable, eh, has, has told us that, you know, he's likely to be there till the winter and use the World Cup as his, his big shop window. But it's, it's rather extraordinary, considering the season he had last year, that there hasn't been any concrete interest. There has been interest, but it's not materialised into anything. So either he's waiting for a specific move, or he's holding off just now because he, he thinks that the big move can come via a good performance at the World Cup, which is understandable, but it's worth pointing out that that in itself is a big risk to, to him because there's no guarantee that he's necessarily going to start there either, but that's a different point. But yeah, I mean, the fact he's still there could potentially change the course of the season that they that they could have, and it's important that they start well because traditionally getting are quite slow starters. would be another similarity main similarity actually with with the Hink team last season <laughs> that's that's of course a bit of the points uh, yeah. that yeah. I made there uh, I'm curious I hope to see Malik Fofana a few times but I do uh, guess we will probably see him more in the, the development squad but if he performs well maybe he will we'll see him more that will would also be in a striker striking position or, or right wing position not sure if they have room for that but indeed they had a 
relatively calm summer for for their standards and well their squad is because of that their squad is also not that big in unlike seasons before so yeah you have your you always have their main men like Fadis of course also still crucial Tisadali Kums is getting a year older both Kums and uh, Fadis are getting older at some point that they they might not be able to keep it on for the whole season and Fadis with these injury issues as well of course we'll have to see how how the bench is I do see them actually without issues choose in playoff one even without with me starting off as uh, as a skeptical one i do see them quite certain of playoff one but with the cave at uh, of a good start or not a bad start at least i think playoff one should be a definite target of theirs and they really should get in there with the squad they have and the way they performed last season one team that we knew were always gonna spend money and bring players in and kick some players out was Antwerp uh, so in terms of incomings we got Vincent Janssen from Monterey for 4.95 million Anthony Valencia a right winger from Independiente really young youngster coming in 1.35 million Christopher Scott comes in from Bayern Munich second team uh, Visa Schaller comes in for Olsa Brackel on a free Davina Verhulst, experienced goalkeeper from Apollon Smyrnas. And then the big one, Toby Alderweireld comes in from Alduhal SC. In terms of outgoings, Martin Hongler's moved to Hellas Verona has been confirmed as permanent. Guillaume Benzer just never really did anything when he moved from Circle. Went out to Casablanca, I think it was last season. Now he's gone to Altai. Johannes Eggestein, that move didn't work. He's now gone for to FC St. Pauli for a pittance of what they signed him for. Aurelia Buter's gone to Eintracht Frankfurt on a free. Frank Boyer brought in last season. He's now gone on another loan. He's gone to St. Sluden. Neil Dupau's been released on a free. Ali Reza Berenvan's gone back to Iran for Pesapolis on a free. I presume that's a good chance for him to kind of stake a claim for Iranian's number one goalkeeping spot. And Sander Koopman has been released on a free as well. Joris, going to go to you first on Antwerp. Do you like the moves they've made in the transfer window or do you think it's still just like a confusingly overloaded squad with no real direction? At least there is a direction this time, but like, yeah, I'm never going to start finding it normal that the club, that the one guy can pump so much money into a club with financial fair play. But that's another topic. But uh, <laughs> let's not, not go into the financials necessarily this time. I do think they did some smart... Uh, uh, management. I'm not convinced by Janssen, to be fair. Like, I'm not sure if they needed really needed him. Although we all also all said while Frey had a really good season last year, we're not sure that he's a, a title-winning uh, striker. But I have even more doubts for with Janssen, uh, with, with for in for that matter. Alderweireld, yeah, again outside of the financials, should be a good deal for them. Definitely an upgrade to in comparison to uh, Desolée, which is probably the one-to-one. Uh, replacement for him anyway some young talents that they got i'm i'm curious to see uh christopher scott that seems kind of a swoop that they did there will it be enough for really winning the title i'm still not completely convinced i'm also curious to see like i believe according to preseason looks like jansen is indeed going to be the main striker and frey will be benched which is an odd thing to do given the season he, well both the club and him had in a way one big question mark for me is also still is going is Butte going to stay or not well if that will hurt that's her season or more like how much will it hurt their season if that happens will they get a good replacement for him if needed well big paul the wallet's been splashed as cash again hasn't he which we which we very much thought that he would aldevireld incidentally has now become the the highest earner in the pro league that's that's a huge statement in itself obviously there are 
still rumours swirling around around some rather big names uh, linked with the club who may yet come in and it wouldn't surprise me if they did I mean they I think the thing to say about Antwerp is you know you've you've got to love their ambition certainly you know you can question how they go about it you know throwing money at it and effectively trying to cut corners but you know I kind of admire the the, the, the ambition and Big Paul the Wallet is really really motivated and really wants to get one over on, on, on Club Bruges that, that's obvious not just because of how much of his own money he's been pumping into the club. I kind of understand that. I think their business has been quite good. I quite like it. I mean, there are question marks over Aldevireld. Is that is that a smart signing? I agree with Yoris. I think I think he'll fit in well and I think he will improve them. It's just, you know, how long he can I suppose maintain that that level, especially on a on a multi layer, uh, multi year deal as they've given him as well. Uh, but yeah, their business has actually been good and, and very careful. One thing I still don't really know the answer to yet and nobody does and, and that is it's the, the the Van Bommel paradox is is he the right man I think he's the right man for, for Overmars they know each other very well obviously can work together very productively so it's, it's just can can Van Bommel um, get get the squad to click really and I think if he can I think they could really go for it this year but that's the biggest question mark around the entire club for me the coaching one is is that the right appointment that their ambition to bring in big names that, that can make a difference is unsurprising and, and they're doing exactly what we thought they were going to do and indicated they would do. I just question at the moment, you know, is is Van Bommel the man who can work with these ingredients and get them to yeah, where they really want to be? he's the big question mark for me. He is kind of like the defining factor with where I put them in my prediction table is Mark Van Bommel. I just don't, I don't see it, I don't get it. Happy to be proven wrong because it could make a fantastic title race. Yeah, I still have some issues with the squad in terms of, like you said, like Janssen over Fry just seems mental um, for me, just based on what Mikko Fry brings to the table and what you can get out of him. Then the rest of it, it's kind of there. It's just now you're looking at, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know what formation Van Bommel wants to play, but last year, like Desali came in and you had like games where you're playing Desali and Dini Almeida and no offence to those two, but they're not as good as Sec, Engels and Alderweireld now. So you've added another one there. Richie Delat as a centre-back as well is better than Desiree and and uh, Almeida as well. You've also got William Pacho, the youngster. He played a little bit last year. So there's some interesting pieces. But yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. Mark Van Bommel and then the goalkeeping situation if Boutte leaves. Those are kind of the two big question marks that Antwerp have going into the season. But apart from that, it's a strong squad again. Now it's like, right, let's do something in Europe as well. Yeah, I think, I think you know you mentioned Boutet and Frey there, uh, Ben. I think they're really important. I I think holding on to Boutet would would be huge for them. You know, goalkeeper of the year last year, deservedly so. Really, really made a difference. We know how important the role of goalkeeping is. The the Frey one is really intriguing to me. Like you say, it seems mad that Vincent Janssen might start ahead of him, and obviously it's a very personal preference in this case. But the thing is, as well, there's no guarantee he's going to be staying. You know, Overmars has kind of publicly indicated that the club are are open to talking to other clubs about um, Frey. So the idea that he might not be there is is kind of strange because even if Janssen starts and doesn't hit the ground running, you've got Frey there as a proven option. So keeping the two of them, I think, and I, I, I my instincts tell me Frey will, will stay for the start of the season, actually, just to see how it goes. I think Booty and Frey remaining there, you know, could, could make a massive difference to where they could end up. But I, I you know, I would expect playoff one yeah, of yeah. them with, that, with those that, wrong That's also leading, well, we've been talking about it, but like the third question mark is indeed Frey, whether or not he stays, if he does 
doesn't play, who's going to score the goals? Because their top scorer still was after Frey was still at five goals last season, I believe. Mm. If Janssen doesn't prove it straight away, yeah. he, he might. But if he doesn't, then who's going to do it? Scott might also do it a bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I do not know that much about uh, about him at the moment. And also not if he's more of a playmaker or a goal scorer from that position. But a bit of both, I believe. But is it going to be enough? I brought up Janssen's stats for last season. Let's just say he had more yellow cards than he did goals. 29, 29 matches in Mexico. <laughs> this is Club World Cup, Mexican Cup, all that. 29 matches, three goals, one assist, four yellow cards, one red card. I don't want to just judge a player based on that, but and obviously going to Mexico, like it's a different culture. Like we talk about players coming over to Europe and having to adapt. You've obviously got to go and adapt over there, but that doesn't strike me as someone that's going to beat those five goals um, for the second place. He may do. I mean, he obviously had a fantastic record for AZ Alkmaar and like you're kind of, you're, that's the, the Janssen they're hoping they've signed. But I mean, coming off the back of three a three goal season in 29 matches when you've got one of the top scorers in your side from last year like yeah seems a bit mental to me they must know what they're doing maybe I don't know They maybe they do maybe they don't but we'll kind of see what happens there it's a kind of position of intrigue maybe their business is not over yet of course. that's true that's true difficult, I mean difficult to predict yeah especially with them let's move on from Antwerp to last season's the heartbreak club the one that nearly everyone wanted to win the league but they just fell short Union Sandra Loire in terms of incomings I feel like it's been kind of like a typical Union sort of like you're looking at these players and you're like yeah that seems like the type of players Union are going to sign like you haven't heard of many of them or all of them but you just know that they're probably some decent players in there uh, Ross Sykes comes in from Accrington Dennis Eckhart Ayenza comes in from Ingolstadt on a free uh, Ingolstadt who were relegated to the third tier uh, they've had some success with strikers they've signed from Germany before though so maybe they're looking for the next Undav there Arnaud Doni from St. Truden on a free we knew that one was happening that's a nice signing there Victor Boone the centre-back from Denza comes in undisclosed Arma- Lazar Armani uh, his kind of move was on loan last year but now that's been permanent and Simon Adingla from Brighton was it a I believe it was Norseland or Michelin, uh, one of those two before moving to Brighton. Obviously, kind of work permit issues and all that sort of stuff means he gets to come on loan to Union. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. In terms of outgoings, Thibaut Herbots has gone to Tienen on a free. Jonas Bayer has gone to Charleroi on a free. Damian Mark also gone to Charleroi on a free. Matthew Soranola has gone to Swansea on loan. Dennis Undav's obviously gone back to Brighton and that's been finalised. And Casper Nielsen, as we mentioned earlier, has gone to Club Bruges. I'll take Union first on this one. We're probably all in agreement. We're not expecting them to be the same team that they were last season. Uh, We're not expecting that similar performance and kind of that sort of (laughs) title challenge, I think be very shocked if they were. Uh, Carol Garriott has got the job to try and kind of, I think, cement their place back in the league. I think if they can get into playoff two, I think I'd be quite impressed by that for them, just based on losing Undav, losing uh, Nielsen, uh, losing Bayer as well. I thought he was quite decent for them, but they've still got Christian Burgess, Ismail Kandu, Steve van der Heyen, Cookie Makeda's there still, Victor Boone obviously coming in to replace one of those, and Victor, and Ross Sykes. I'm excited to see what Ross Sykes can bring to the league. Another Englishman to go alongside Christian Burgess. Bart Newcock, he's still there, obviously. Teddy Toomer's still there. I think 
as long as Teddy Toome is still there and driving that midfield, I think I'm still going to be quite high on Union. Uh, Dante Vanzia as well. Adingo I've already mentioned. Lapusan. Cameron Pretas. I'm excited to see him now that he's had a full kind of pre-season. I know they were quite excited about him. Hope to see a bit of game time for Marcel Lewis as well. Uh, he's returned from his loan at Accrington. Um, I wonder if he would kind of put in a good word and was like, there's this bloke called Ross Sykes. I think you should bring him in um, because I've been playing alongside him. I think he could do a job. <laughs> so I think Scott and yours, I it's still... They're going to be fun to watch. I think they've still got some fun players, but let's not expect them to have a title charge. And I think if they can get into playoff two, that's that's a really good season. Obviously, alongside European football, they've got as well, which is super exciting. Yeah, I feel their 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 squad is is pretty decent actually, and they've held on to some important players. I think that that you know, as you were just saying, there Ben may very well make the difference between you know a really positive season again uh, of any kind, and 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 what some people I think you know rather melodramatically are expecting, which is some kind of collapse, which I actually don't see. I think the recruitment has been quite good by the team at Union again. We know they're very good at the recruitment; it's a strength of the clubs. You know, they tend to be ahead of the curve as much as possible in these things because of the size of the club they really have to be. One of the questions for me is how they're going to set up you know, how's Carol Gerrits going to have them playing? He's indicated that he's going to follow the same kind of template, the same basic 3-5-2 template that, that Mazu preferred. But I do feel quite strongly that he's going to have to be a bit more pragmatic and maybe tweak that as things go on and do, you know, more of his own thing. I just feel that, you know, if he sticks too closely to that as a template, because that is what has worked and what they know that, you know, there's the real danger they'll get found out. You know, I don't feel that that's necessarily something that, you know, is going to allow them to go on the sort of consistent run in any sense like they did last year. But that that side, that's the one thing we don't know how they're going to set up and play. I think the, the raw materials... Are, are are pretty good there. I feel I feel like you Ben. I think playoff two is not not an unrealistic objective for them. Looking at you know looking at the squad at the moment, and I think if they can achieve that, they'll they'll have had a really really good season. And I'm looking forward to watching them because they always play good. Football, yeah, let's hope they bring the same sort of footballing excitement this season. Yours? Are you pessimistic or optimistic about Union this year? What do you think? Have I ever been optimistic <laughs> in in this uh, in this? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, their squad is very thin. They have extra games. They very thin with already quite some youngsters and players like Lewis who didn't feature at all basically all season last year. I'm just wondering who's gonna carry them because they didn't lose that many players, but they did lose the important players. Undaf carried them up front. Can Van Zer do that on his own, or can Adingra and Dennis Eckert Ayenza bring bring it straight away? It might happen, of course, but it's it's still a bit of a uh, yeah, it's a bit in the dark at the moment. They, they they do need that for sure. Yeah, and of course, losing a midfield player is is def- and well maybe the most important player in your midfield. Although that's maybe cutting uh, Terma a bit short. Uh, but like taking that part pair away at least, pulling it apart, that could hurt them because of because with many of these players, I have the feeling like yes, they did go on it with a wave last season, but can they repeat it? That there, I'm not so convinced that uh, enough of them 
I'm sure some of them will will do so, but I'm I'm not conv- I'm not that convinced with Maurice, for example. Last season he was great. Just before that, and that's already a crucial position. The the back could be fine, but it remains to be seen as well. It, but of course, that's that's what with every team, of course, has that has been promoted. Um, I do see them more in the lower mid table than the higher one, and so so not really competing for playoff. Basically, everyone can compete until playoff two if you're not having a horrible season. So maybe they can compete, but I do see them falling short. Yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, I have my I, I will I'm the question mark raiser here. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's what we pay you for. That's why we get you in. <laughs> I know we've only we've only really touched on it, but of course we do, we don't know how they're going to cope with European football either. Obviously, they have you know today they got a very tough draw, which we'll we'll talk about in due course. I'm sure on the show, but we don't know how that's going to impact their season, you know, because these things can go either way for a club as we know, and it could rather bizarrely help them. We just the the squad has to be bigger, and they're going to have to use more players. They actually were one of the sides that used the least players last season. No way they're going to be able to do that again, you know, even even if if they make an early European exit as well. So they're going to have to use the squad more, which is what makes me think they're going to have to change it up more as well. So um, it's really going to come down to how they, yeah, they, and, they suppose they cope with that. This season, even well. more than other seasons, the stupid World Cup in November. So the, the, it's, the schedule is going to be very, very, very compressed, even more so than before. So just the, the start will, of the season will be, well, this goes for every team, obviously, is going to be so crucial. So I, I guess I could, that's why I will give it a major here that the, the started first three months of the season are going to be mental mental really yeah yeah no definitely i think now that nielsen's gone they've got that money I, i'm sure they'll reinvest that and bring in some other players i don't think their work is done that's for sure one team that's been quite active is the canaries the binkies boys as we call them sometimes since Sudan brought in quite a few players they brought in fabinho uh, from Benfica, be a right back. I mean, anyone with the name Fabinho, I'm always like excited that like, there's just got to be a baller. Um, that's just it comes with the territory, so no no pressure. Uh, <laughs> Eric Juno Bocap joins from Muscon on a free. Fatih Kaya uh, joins from Ingolstadt on a free. I'll talk about that one in a bit. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, Joe Coppens, goalkeeper from Duisburg, has joined uh, Undisclosed. Olivia Dumont has joined from Standard Liège youth team. Gianni Bruno, as we mentioned earlier, on loan from Ghent. And then Frank Boyer, as we also mentioned, uh, he's on loan from Antwerp. Outgoings, Liberato Cacace has gone to Empoli. That signing's been confirmed now, 2.7 million. Uh, Nelson Belongo has gone to Łódź in Poland for free. Wim van Marcelina has gone for free. And Ko Matsubara has also gone for free. Don't know who gets the first shout on this. Joris, as they're kind of your Limburg rivals. What do you think about St. Truden's business so far this summer? <laughs> Lavalier losing Lavalier will be very important uh, because of well Hollerbach is also one of the coaches that seems to be staying and he has his defensive organization in mind first and that works re- worked really well last season and now well losing Lavalier is hurting that a bit yeah they they did bring in Gianni Bruno I guess for Sintrada that should be a, on the other end of the team it should be a really good signing for them for Sintrada's level Bruno is a yeah is a player that that can be really valuable well not much to say i think i think they should be fine they might not be the most fun to watch but i think they they will be fine and maybe they are in the end the rest of the of their signings i don't know too much about I quite I quite like the business they've done actually. They've surprised me a little bit. Obviously the biggest question mark was, you know, you know, up top, you know, who who was going to score the goals, uh, how how were they going to sharpen up there? And obviously, you know, they brought in Gianni Bruno who on his day 
is as good a striker as you'll find anywhere in the Pro League and you would expect him to start every week. So I think that's a really good bit of business uh, for, for St Truden. Obviously, they would have rather that was a permanent, I think, but, you know, under under the circumstances, you know, they'll they'll, they'll take him on the loan. His, his wages were a bit of an issue and I, I think there was a, a suggestion, I think, that St Truden aren't paying all of his wages, understandably, and that, that has helped the deal to, to, to kind of go through um, so that's that's quite an exciting one for them. I, I I feel that you know much more optimistic about how they could do because they've got a proven striker there at this level who we know can do it. So that's exciting. I think obviously holding on to Hollerbach is quite significant. I think he did a really good job there, especially at the tail end of last season where they went on a fantastic run, um, the best run in, in years and years actually. And yeah, I mean I I think you know they'll they'll be pushing hard for a, a playoff two spot again, uh, like they were at the end of. You know, last season you would imagine, and I hope that they can actually because they started to play some really good football. You know, their their base, as Joris was saying, is is always really very reliable. Some question marks over whether you know what the defense is going to look like because it's worth pointing out they're going to be starting with a, an entirely new back line almost there as well, which which is significant and, and hopefully in the right direction, not the wrong direction. But yeah, I feel kind of quite quite good about St. Truden, and I wasn't expecting them to do very very much business so I'm not sure if uh, there'll be many more incomings but if they start without bringing anyone else in I looking at their their squad at the moment I think we don't know what's going to happen with Bruges yet it's worth pointing that out you know it's looking at the moment like he's going to go they would love to hold on to Big Mori Canati who, who I've been a big fan of for a long time and we don't yet know whether they're going to be able to hold on to him but if they can hold on to both of those as well which is, is looking doubtful at the moment I would say then, then there's lots of reasons for, for Binky to feel yeah, very I think excited. definitely Canate keeping him. I mean, I know they brought in Frank Boyer who could try and do the same role, but I feel like Frank Boyer's a little bit more yellow cardy, <laughs> if you could say it. I feel like Canate's a little bit more contained in his style of play. Boyer's a little bit more like kind of can go over the edge a little bit too often. I am still a little bit concerned about the strikers. Like, I like Bruno. I think that's a great signing. Hayashi's shown some stuff, but I just don't get the Kaya signing, the Fatty Kaya signing at the moment. I mean, three goals in the, in the second Bundesliga last year for an English that side who were really poor. I mean, that may reflect on him, but like that may reflect bad, badly on him that his side couldn't create much, but they did score some goals as a side. So him, I'm not too sure. Like, is he going to be a good enough backup kind of striker if one of those goes down? If both, like let's say Bruno and Hashi are injured and they've got Roland Kyra, I'm a little bit concerned, especially if Christian Bulls then isn't there because he's a creator. He scored some goals as well. That, that's my that's my additional question mark. Now Scott mentioned it uh, because I had forgotten about that. Yeah, if Bruno leaves, which we are, well, lo- it looks like it's, they still have Kagawa, of course, but can he still bring it a whole season? And yeah, they also have Koita, but he d- doesn't yeah. necessarily bring assists. He's also more going for for his own, well, or he's not. Yeah, assist. He's not known for necessarily giving us that many assists in general. Who's going to create the chances? Yeah. Um, so in that department, if Bill leaves, then they definitely need to to bring someone in for sure. So actually, that does bring a bit more worries uh, from my side to to the to the. Are you really worried, or are you? <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to be worried about St. Truden. Uh, I, 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 I do want to have our rivals in the same division, to be fair. Don't I don't think there's any problem of that when we get onto some of the other teams, that's for sure. I think you might, yeah, Kagawa, like, let's see what he can do. I'd like to see Stan Van Dessel get back on the pitch as well. I know he's struggled with injuries. I'd like to see him kind of get a little bit more of a run when he's fit again. Um, cause I liked what we saw, the brief 
stints we saw, but still got big Tony Leisner, so I'm sure defensively they'll be fine. And I mean, Aldakiel gets some more game time, which will be nice. Let's move on to Urh Oliven. Busy transfer window for them as well, actually. Uh, Edward Plantinks comes in from Zoltavar again, kind of an interesting signing given how bad they were defensively. Valentin Kojakaru, goalkeeper from Dnipro 1, comes in. Jao Gamboa comes in, central midfielder from Estoril Praia in Portugal. Joran Dom, we all know about him, right back from Birch, got a right midfield. Jondager Thorsteinsen uh, from Aarhus, the winger. Really excited to see what he can bring. Rafa Holzhauser, obviously, he's joined as well from Scott. So the picture of him and uh, thingy in the uh, in the um, in the restaurant was clearly something. Not just two mates having a having a like pint and some food. Hamza Mendel comes in from Schalke. He spent last season in Turkey, I believe. And then Norden Jackers comes in from Beveren as a goalkeeper. So I think he's going to be number one. I've seen other people say they think uh, Kozakaru is going to be number one, but I feel like if Jackers is there, he's got to be number one because I think he's a fantastic keeper. In terms of outgoings, unfortunately, we've lost Javier Mercia. There were questions as to whether we just completely disband the podcast at that point because what's the point of following Belgian football without Javier Mercia? But then they bought in Holzhauser, so it's like, okay, they've gone for the other creative, but not quite the same. And I think we're going to have a conversation about how different those two are and how it's not going to be, a, it's not a like-for-like replacement in the slightest. Raf Romo obviously went to DC United, sad to see him go. Dan Vickman's gone to Liège. Tune Raymaker's uh, youngster's gone to Mechelen. Arta Alamir has gone to Topos in the Netherlands. Kavarezai released on a free and Yannick Agamong also released on a free. Scott, let's start with you. The Holzhauser for Mercier. How do you think that's going to go? And do you think they're going to have to adapt their style of play to incorporate the Austrian midfielder? Well, first of all, I haven't quite got over him leaving. Messier, that is. I don't think I will, and lots of other people won't. Gorgeous footballer. Welcome back anytime. And I'd love it if he'd come on and have a chat with us. So that's an open invite to Xavier Messier anytime. In terms of the Holzhauser and Messier thing, I think a lot of people wrongly assumed we should emphasise that they're kind of similar players. So that that's the, that's the replacement. And although it maybe is, in terms of you know your kind of creative outlook, that's who it comes through. I think they, they are actually much, much different players than people realise. Messi, I think, you know, his his ability to create, you know, kind of line-cutting passes from deep right across the pitch uh, has much greater variety than Holzhauser. Holzhauser is, is much more effective in certain areas in the channels, I think. Um, so I think losing Messi, although Holzhauser is a is a really good signing for them because he's a brilliant player, I, I, I still don't think he can necessarily replace what they lose in Messi. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think it probably means a tweak to their system. I don't think they're going to set up necessarily the same way they did before. Um, that's my feeling about it. So I would expect some adaptation to, to to how they play tactically I just don't know what that's going to be yet so it's going to be really interesting to see how Mark Bryce handles that I think their business has been really good which is important because they are a club living who have had the last two transfer windows have been absolutely horrific for that club uh, to such an extent they've actually they sacked their their head of recruitment there's somebody new in place now and uh, their, their head of scouting also left the club as well and both of those things came off the back of two really really bad transfer 
windows. Um, and if it wasn't for uh, Sorry Caba hitting some good form at the tail end of last season, then their season might have ended very differently. But their business has been good and they've been very proactive. They've been working away. Northern Jackers, who you mentioned, really important signing. One of the biggest ones of the summer for me anyway, one of the top two or three. And I agree with you, Ben. I think he will start as their number one because he's one of the best goalkeepers. How um, opinions can differ. I do think they had the worst, I think one of the worst uh, <laughs> transfer businesses this season in the league so far. They, they At the moment, they got 22 players. Four of them are goalkeepers. Uh, that's already not a good sign. Who's going to score the goals? Hopefully, Thorsteinsson, but he's not a proven goal scorer. Martens, maybe. Creativity, all has to come from Holzhauser, probably. They have only Joren Dom, a 32-year-old, not the best player, and that's all, even for that level, as the only option on the right back. They also, well, they... For the rest, they have six, so remember, so four goalkeepers, six uh, central defenders, and then 12 other players. For the whole squad, that's very thin. Keita is a big talent, but is he still injured? Same for Schrijvers. I think Schrijvers is out for a long while as well, anyway. So that actually makes it 21 players. And yeah, Altamari, okay, uh, he might do something, Shengelia, maybe, but I'm, I'm very much not convinced with their business. Jakers is a good signing, Platings, mm, not convinced, Dom, not convinced, Holshauser, also a bit scared that he might have had his, uh, uh, might really be a one-season wonder, well, carrying it over into two seasons in, in different leagues, but yeah, all has, he will have to perform really well, uh, otherwise, I, I, I could see them go down with this squad at the moment. Ooh, hot take, hot take, everyone. For, for a long while, of course, but I'm I'm very much unconvinced, unlike Scott, <laughs> by their transfer business so far. You beat me to your, my question to you, Yoris, was going to be who's playing up front for for Lurven, but you've already mentioned it. There's no strikers in that squad. Like, Thorsteinson's not a striker, he's a winger. Schengelia is probably the one you'd have to stick there. I would have said if Shrevers was fit, you'd probably return him to the striking position, but he's not fit. Mertens is going to have to, like, we're, what, a couple of days away from the start of the season there's no recognized striker like you're gonna have to play i presume mertens is gonna have to play striker to start with and he's definitely not a striker so i got i'm kind of in between the two but i think if they can get like one or two strikers in then maybe the rest of the squad's all right i also forgot they also bought in um santi ramos mingo the center back from barcelona b he's also come in so that's another center back to add to the list yeah i think in terms of right back i think because of the style of play they play i think you're probably gonna put dom out there at right mid, it's more of like a right mid. And then Altamari will have to play right mid as well, which he kind of did last year, uh, getting up and down. I, I don't know. I, I I want them, they need to sign a striker. I've wanted them to re-sign, sorry, Kaba. I guess that's the one you're kind of looking at and hoping they bring back, but they need more than one. It's an, it's an interesting one, that. I mean, Yoris's questions are all very valid. And that's why I think there's going to be some kind of change of system. Uh, I, I have reason to believe... Uh, through some of my sources, that they were very keen on Gianni Bruno, but he was <laughs> less keen on, on, on them. So we've all been there. Uh, you know, that, that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I think, you know, dealing with that little bit of rejection is just part of the Mick Fry's going, maybe it's sticking a bit for him. Um, well, you know, stranger things have happened yet. We've got a little bit of time yeah, with the window, to, haven't we? They've definitely got to get a striker in, and um, well, in the next couple of days, ideally. One team that's not lacking <laughs> in strikers last season, they had two of the best in the league, I guess. And unfortunately, they didn't have a very good defence, so they've had to kind of deal with that. It's um, Zotovar again, obviously under the new manager and Bailey. They've had a busy transfer window, as you'd expect. In comes Tanzanian central midfielder Novartis Muroshi. I'm excited to see him. 
coming in from Tel Aviv, 450k. Lawrence the Box signed permanent from Leeds. Borja Lopez coming in to show up that defence from Sporting Gijon. Stan Blame from, I'm going to butcher this one, Zvezele. Uh, on a free, don't really understand that one, but I think maybe for the second team, I think we were talking about. Uh, Nicholas Romans comes in as central midfielder for Molenbeek. Mamadou Sangale, attacking midfielder who spent much of his time, I think, in the second division or lower down in Austria. He comes in alone from RB Salzburg. Alexander Dlambeyev, uh, left back, comes in alone from Shakhtar Donetsk. Edward Prentix, as we already mentioned, obviously he's gone to Lerven. Dion Denev crossed over to Gortrike on a free. And Cameron Humphreys has left as well. He's gone to Rotherham on a three. I don't know where to go with Zolta Varagem, if I'm honest, guys. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like Borja Lopez, I think it looks on paper like a decent signing, like a little bit more of an experienced centre-back is what they needed. But it's just kind of like looking a very similar looking squad, isn't it? There's not been much difference. Like, Dompe has been rumoured to be going to Hamburg for what seems like forever now. Um, so it's interesting to see where that happens. They've still got Garner and Vossen, so they've still got goals in the side. But outside of that, it's it's a similar-looking team. Defence is still an issue, I guess you could say. They've got, what, three centre-backs on the books now? Lopez, Derek, and Tiam. Tiam's only 18, so again, you're asking a lot for him if they're going to play a back three. You presume they're going to have to play a back four now. Full-backs, I think they're fine. Obviously, De- oh, sorry, Debot can also play centre-back as well, but full-backs, I think they're fine. Jambayev looks like he could be a good player. Silani and Sorma, I think that's a decent two person right back position there defensive midfield they've got age I guess you could say in Hubert I said Mirossi 19 year old Tanzanian and we'd like hope to see him get some game time Romans I think he could be a decent signing played quite well for Molenbeek last year Mamadou Sangale again another one of those players kind of like Fabinho fantastic name you're expecting big things because Mamadou Sangai is, is such a good name so I'm hoping for things from him Stan Brem Joris what, what's that signing all about I feel like you talked to us a little bit about that in a WhatsApp group because me and Scott were just absolutely baffled well this is a the boldest signing of all signings I think because he, he comes from the fourth year I originally thought because, but I think I was wrong in the, in the end uh, that he would be playing for their under 23s who will also be performing in the fourth tier so hence my confusion it looks like as far as i see that he's going to be part of the of their senior squad as well you can't trust him to be immediately at that level but he in pre-season i don't remember the opponents that they had and uh, where it happened but he did at least score a few uh, and give some assists so uh, it will be interesting if we will see him at all basically i'm not sure if we will see him but, <laughs> but if we do like i will be curious and i, I honestly really hope it is not some kind of agent transfer which could be the case it yeah. happens with these huge moves uh, from leaks well really stepping over leaks but um, yeah we'll have to see about that yeah Zalta Zalta eh? what to say about Zalta kind of they, they are you know as Ben was getting at just sort of yeah yeah you never know what you're really getting there one thing for sure was they, they needed to really overhaul that squad, you know, really major surgery, I think, and I still feel that way. Have they done enough to make them strong enough to have a, a significantly better season? I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, there are there are still question marks. I think they've brought in a coach who obviously is a club legend in Mbaile. I think he'll inject energy and possibly a new, a new system and way of playing for them because I think culturally there needed to be that change inside the club. 
on what sort of effect that will have on them. I don't. I don't know. I think defensively, uh, which is where their biggest issues were, they've kind of addressed that. You know, I think Mbappe is quite big on uh, Alexander Drambeev. I think he, you know, he, he he wants to play him regularly. The Bok is a is a defender who I've never been quiet about the fact that I don't like him. Uh, I think he's not up to this level actually. Tall Borja Lopez, I think, pretty decent player, but you know how how good he's going to be, don't know yet. So it's very difficult to say. My feeling about it actually is that they they will struggle a bit. I think they'll do better than last year, but it could be very easy for them to have a long, slow, hard season again. I really hope they don't because they were they were really difficult to watch last year. There wasn't really a lot of reasons of optimism or or many joyful performances for them so I'm hopeful under the new coaching staff that that in itself can kind of be a catalyst for that cultural change yeah there, there definitely needs to be a, like a mass change in culture there but the um the Stan Brown one definitely reminds me of um, Hendrik Weidan the story of him we went from like some non-league German side to playing for Hanover and yeah I mean <laughs> it, it kind of worked a little bit because he scored like a tap-in or something and everyone was like oh like, uh, what a story but it wasn't really he wasn't really good enough for the Bundesliga. And I feel like I don't know, maybe Bram's gonna be top scorer and we're all gonna be eating eating our words, but don't think it's yeah, gonna happen. There's a few examples that Anderlecht under the previous board, which is one of the reasons why they're still I guess in the in their financial situation or at least in the recovery of that financial situation uh, who was it uh, I remember a name Paul Taylor uh, that's uh, never done and never had done anything in uh, 2009 he went from the amateur divisions in Belgium as a Brit I'm already surprised that he played there for, for example but that but he went to Anderlecht <laughs> there it was a clear agent transfer and um, Dylan Lambrecht as well a few seasons later I think uh, uh, same story. Good to get back to Zultwagen. Well, can't really can't really say much. All, all depends on on their transfers, and I don't know many of them. So I hope they have someone that can provide Fossen and Hano. Yeah, I, I'm probably looking at Sangare indeed in the end, and and hopefully Dompe stays for them at least financially. I'm not sure because he only has one year contract. That's then again that kind of conflict like with Tuisudali at Gent. And defensively, I do think they they uh, I hope that Borja Borja Lopez is. A, is a good player as a central defender but I do think they will need at least one more addition there regardless of the system and then they could be fine otherwise we'll have to see if the team can can put up with a with the defense as it is yeah definitely let's move on to a side that have basically had a full team clear out um I think they've, you could name a starting 11 and a couple of subs with the map players they've lost which is open um so incomings we have Leonard Moser from Union Berlin Jason Davidson on a free from Melbourne Reagan Charles Cook on a free from Ross County uh Runa Pashus from Mechelen on a free Jan Gorenk centre-back from Ennis Müller Isaac Christie Davis from Barnsley Jan Kral from Hadek Kravolet Kralov, um, the centre-back, and Jentel van Ganechten uh, from the Genk youth team. Outgoing, this is going to take me a while. Uh, Emmanuel Agbadou finally goes. He's gone to Stad Rems. Uh, that was always going to happen. Roman Matis, the goalkeeper's gone to Maastricht. Carlos Embolo to Citadella. Leonardo Rocha to Lies. Jonathan Harris has stepped down a league to Molenbeek. Mamadou Kone's also stepped down a league. He's gone to Denza. Uh, Julian Ngoy has gone to Mechelen for free. Sarah Kanaka to Magdeburg for free. Everyone apart from uh, Agbadou's are free at the moment. Benoit Poulan's gone to Nimes for free. Yori Amat to Johor DT in, I think it's Indonesia, uh, for free. Marciano Aziz has gone on loan to Iceland. Manuel Soa Ajay's been released. 
on a free. Robin Hillman's been released on a free. Andreas Beck's been released on a free. Jens Kors has been released on a free. Scott, what is going on at Erpen? Oh, again, this is another club going through a, a kind of big cultural change, I suppose. Uh, although what's different in this case is it's the same owners. So um, the ownership of the club obviously hasn't changed, but their approach to managing the, the, the club has. I think, you know, before Bern Stork was appointed um, as a new head coach, I was very, very worried. I thought this is a club who, you know, are just are going through the floor, really. Um, how, how can you... It's, it's a bit like Boris Johnson's uh, cabinet. How can you survive so many resignations? You know, I was wondering how, how Upham are going to be able to replace some of the players that are being lost and um, maintain a kind of competent presence and the ability to do the job. So I think that's quite a good comparison. <laughs> but I think some of their business has been okay. I mean, I've seen quite a lot of Reagan Charles Cook um, in person, actually, while he was while he was up here in Scotland. And he's, he's a very decent player indeed. So that's a good move for him, I think. I think the Stork signing as a new T1 is significant. I think his he has a proven track record of punching punching above a team's weight, particularly with teams who you know would normally be down down in the basement. And I I feel much more positive about them than I did before he came in. Before a couple of the signings came in, worth pointing out, of course, that and this again is 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 going to have a big bearing, I think, in their season. Can they hold on to Prevelyak and Steph Peters, who are both still there? There's been interest in both, but the right offers haven't kind of come along yet. And, and if they can hold on to those two, then I don't think they're going to be in the danger that I, I, I thought that they would. And also they've got a very good coach in there, who I think is the right fit for the club. German-speaking coach, obviously, in, in, in a club that is in the East Cantons, where German is the first language as well. So I I, I think that's that's a really good fit for, for the club too so all things considered no reason to to suspect that they they, they they're going to have a worse season than the one that they did last year being worse is already a spell in that season it's not so difficult this, this <laughs> might be coming uh sounds weird coming from a fan of a club that does like it through a coaching change but um yeah despite stork i do not think that the coach is that important as as sometimes it's made out of uh it's made of so um, i'm not sure if that alone will um be enough mm. for them to yeah to be safe i think on stork sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you or see on on stork i think the big attraction uh for appointing stork actually is 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 his organizational abilities. I mean, this is a, a squad with quite a lot of young players in it as well, which tells me that there's going to be a degree of inconsistency. So bringing in a coach who's really strong in organization, particularly defensively, could be significant. But the emphasis is on could be. Yes, yes, of course. So yeah, that that was also what I was going to say. I, I still think it's a good appointment because, like in general, the idea out of, because of my, my coaches, there's you can only make bad ones, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so if you take a good one a decent one that that's uh that's already a step up than taking a bad one <laughs> let's see um from the from the business they did it's difficult to tell i don't know many of these players again it's a bit in the dark I suppose it won't be the most joyful team to watch uh they might be coming to be over reliant on peters and uh, privilege if they both stay already and if not then um yeah, let's hope that Charles Cook can indeed bring something for them create in uh, the creative department. And that's indeed the big change, of course, as well. Um, 
with uh, the style of, uh, for example, came uh, last season where it was all attack. Now the, the culture clash can could probably not be bigger. Um, yeah, I think they definitely need at least another centre back, another striker or striking option. I mean, they've got Nuhu who could play there, but I don't think he's an out and out striker. Just play Conan and Dree. That's all I ask. Like he barely played last year, and I really enjoyed watching him play when he did play the year before. So I hope he gets some more game time. But yeah, you both said it's going to be a slightly more defensive outlook. So I don't know if he's even going to get a look in because he wasn't even getting much of a look in when they were playing attacking because they'd rather play Andreas Beck on that right hand side. So yeah, I think there's still work to be done there for sure. But I think they may with Pavlyak and then Peters, like you guys said, and then some of these young, exciting players, Charles Kerr, Nuhu, Indley, if he plays, I think they could be do some fun things potentially. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough season for Erpen. I think it's yeah, especially if Peters and Prevoyak go, then I think they're in real, real trouble. One side who I think are in the most trouble out of every team in the league this year, and I'll, they are for the first team I wrote down as bottom of the league on my prediction is Salang. Uh, weird kind of summer for them, I guess, because they haven't been able to bring in every Mets player under the sun at this moment. <laughs> um, so they bring in Sando Tremoulet, the centre-back from FC Set 34, I've got written down here, no idea, um, for free. Marvin Chifbuabua, sorry, can't say it. Marvin Chifbuabua um, from St Etienne's B-side. Valentin Guadame um, from Vuitton. Sambu Sissoko on a free from Stade Lens. Christophe Lapointe is back. Who would have ever thought that Christophe Lapointe at 37 was going to make a comeback? Neither did he, by the, the way. Actually. Done it. You actually said that as well when no, he signed. You said, I thought possibly. I was done, but then the call came. <laughs> <laughs> says it all um, Simon Ellisor from RC Ajaccio but he was playing third division French football I think last season he comes in and then Sergio Concesiao, um from CF Estrella I think they're like second or third division Portuguese also Guilherme Deitch has re-signed for another year in goal which is actually a massive signing for them because Maxime Mignon the goalkeeper has gone to URSL Vis Vagana Fey has gone down to La Louvre Mikael Dissam's gone to Al Adala. Robin Denut's gone to Charlotte under 21s. And Benjamin Boulanger has gone to Flanks Bolans. Guys, I think, yeah, if this side doesn't finish bottom, Jose's Young Champs deserves like manager of the season award I think because I don't know where the goals are going to come from I don't know if they're going to be able to keep clean seats I mean Daniel Apare is still there and he was almost in my team of the season but I think it'll need a miracle to get anywhere near that with this side I don't I, don't, I literally don't know what to say about them I just feel like there's so many holes it's like there's players that you can't, you're not sure about yet because they're still young and then you've got players like the point who are so old that you're like can he still do a job in the league Musclon would pretty awful when he was back in there with them maybe not reflection on him but can you guys see any situation where this side isn't bottom of the league yep red alert everybody which i think might be apt seen as uh, red is one of their team colors yep you raised it ben the only question here that is who's going to score the goals you know who's going to score enough goals to give them a chance never mind guarantee safety yeah big worries all over the place and uh if yeah if they finish anywhere other than bottom then they'll have done very very well Teams could also still go bankrupt, of course. So that's a scenario where <laughs> a, a very, of course. <laughs> a very much. N- when that's what you're relying on. <laughs> yeah. 
I suppose, yeah, Jun Shuang knows Lepon, of course, from his time at Moscow, so he brought him from there, so that's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure whether it will bring so, yeah, any good, though. Um, I guess they did sign the most resounding name in Serio Concesao, the, the son of the former Portuguese international with the, bearing the same name, so Serio Concesao Jr., yeah. But unfortunately, it does not look like he has the talent that his uh, father had either. To bring some positivity yeah, for once, since if everyone is being negative, I'll try to be a bit more positive for once. Then um, <laughs> Elisor, yeah, he's, he's, I, I hope he can score the goals for them. That he scored, what was it, 17 in the third year last season. On the other hand, of course, his one is in the third year. Second, it was in a team that had also finished high up in the table. So just just based on that, it doesn't say it is the case, but it, just based on that, I'm a bit wary already that their playing style probably is a bit more uh, different and he might have to do a bit more on his own. Uh, well, I'm sure he will, that, that he can bring it on a, both on a higher level. And well, that, that's that's not necessarily a concern players at that level have made it in Belgium or at the second tier at least when if you're at the top of the third tier I suppose it it, it could happen at least but yeah it, it's never going to be enough they are still expecting two more players from this this season but they will have to be spot on and of the same quality at least of if Elisor is good Hopefully for them, that is something that could cover more or less Mikotadze, but that uh, Mazis, they need a creator. And I hope that one of the, for them at least, I hope that the, one of them, these two mess players will be a very creative player that creates and create a lot of chances for them. And uh, also that they just add a few more signings, but I'm not sure. They are indeed, like I hammered on last season, already happy that they are in the in the league for this season and that they wouldn't even mind too much um, just take the TV money this season and go down and then build up in the second tier again which is in a way maybe more the position where they uh, and that's with all due respect um, the position where they should be but especially with three teams going down this season even if they don't finish bottom I don't see them not in that in this last three so uh, I do see them going down no I think you're right about them being kind of they are like a second team that's happy second division team it's kind of happy to be here. I thought they were quite fortunate to stay up last year. It was thanks to the likes of Mikatadze, Maziz, Jallo, and then some of the guys they brought in. And only um, one team going down for free. One team really being so exactly. Bad. Even if even if that happens yeah. again, and was so bad. Yeah, there's still two more teams that need to be in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. They have signed more players than their their city rivals have in standard Liège, though. Only brought in Noah Ohio um, from RB Leipzig on undisclosed. In terms of outgoings, Jackson Willeka, he's gone back to Turkey. He's gone to Besiktas. Uh, Samuel Bastian's joined uh, Vincent Company at Burnley. Eddie Sylvester's made his move to power FC permanent and Medi Castella Gonzalez has left on a free. However, they did bring in Ronnie Dyler. Scott, you know a lot about Ronnie Dyler. Do you think there's enough about him and this squad for Standard to have a better season than last year and maybe even push into like a playoff too? Well, I think the first thing to say on, on Ronnie Dyler is I think he's the right choice. I think he's a very interesting fit, actually. You know, it's a good example of a coach who... The way he wants to play is the way that standard fans would expect a coach to play. And I think the way standard fans behave is what he likes and supporters of clubs. Um, so I, I think there's a there's there's a nice fit there. And I think they're really going to enjoy having him as their head coach. There's a big button here. And that is obviously we know that they are probably going through the biggest transition of, of any club. And there's a number of clubs going through, you know, d- different sorts of transitions. Theirs is the biggest. We 
we've laboured this point a lot and we're going to have to do it again, I think. Patience is going to be required here because I think in recruitment terms, I think they're quite far behind where they would ideally want to be, obviously. But I think they've been kind of quite conscientious about this. I think they are taking their time deliberately. I do believe it's deliberate rather than bad management, as some fans have suggested, and are already getting a bit impatient. It's going to be, it's one of the one of the enigmas, I think that's the right word, uh, for the coming season is what are standard Liège going to be like that? Possibly the biggest enigma. I'm not expecting too much from them really because I think they, they still lack any real quality to do anything. I think there's probably a hope that, you know, embedding a new culture in the squad and really, you know, trying to turn them into a team who want to play for each other uh, and their manager is, is ultimately going to make the difference here. I think fans have to give Ronnie Dial a bit of a free pass this season, to be honest. I think unless things are absolutely woeful, which they were really last season, then I think they have to almost forgive him anything. I never I, I never thought I would say that about a coach, but I just feel, you know, the, the culture change requires that. All of the ingredients are in place now for the for the building blocks to kind of start. And I and, and I think that, you know, they just have to take their take their time with that. So it's gonna be really interesting, I think, to see what they do, because they were a tough watch um last season. But he is the right fit. I don't think they have enough about them at the moment to really make much of a of an impact. I think if they could aim for a playoff two spot, then that'll have been a really successful season for them on the whole. That's that's how I feel looking at it at the moment. Yeah, you can't really expect much of them at the moment, I guess. Losing Bastien, Cafaro, and uh, in, in Muleka, the three of their best players um, in one window. One of them because of already a conflict with Zela, of course, but, uh, in, in Cafaro, but or conflict, or at least he's not featuring in his plans. It's difficult to see a lot changing in the near future for them. The coach, the coach might be a good appointment, but for the rest, um, still a lot of work to do and uh, will be interesting to see how, how it goes. Also, okay, this one is maybe more again for the for this uh, or one B special at some point, but with the second their second team in the in one B, they have quite some yeah good young talents that they probably will need to use a lot in the A squad already. So how they will balance these squads will also be um, big question mark again. Quad is not good enough for anything that the fans would want. Uh, let's hope for them that uh, Ohio is a is a good uh, signing for them as a striker. Otherwise, yeah, I do think they won't see much of a better season than last season. I think the one thing actually about Ronnie dial as well is he's very good with young players and he, he does have a track record of um, developing young players very successfully as well you know he, he can largely take the credit for a lot of uh, where Kieran Tierney is now for example and actually he did have a big hand in the development of Virgil van Dijk when both of them are at Celtic as well and as we know they've gone on to, to pretty big things in their own right as well so I think you know the, the, the future's bright in terms of the long game I think he will develop the academy talent and I think that's the model the club are going down they, they've definitely said look we have more money than the previous owners but we're not going to splash cash we're going to use the academy appropriately so you know it, it's it's yeah it's it's the patience thing again I think honestly I think they, they, they have the 
the right guy, and I think he will embed a playing style and culture in there that that will start to get some kind of results if he's if he's given the time. He's very ambitious, I think, as well, and he he will form a really really good relationship with the fans, and that that will buy him some time, which I think is worth pointing out too. Yeah, I think my kind of theory on them is that probably sounds a bit weird. They're going to get a few on kind of like vibes and attitude and all that sort of stuff, and building like a cohesive unit that's going to be better than the sum of its parts and he's going to be the man to do that and get more out of these players than we think is possible and I think that's what how they're going to have to try and be successful this year is from like ta- being tactically good working really hard like playing for the fans like doing all that sort of stuff that they weren't really doing last year they were kind of pretty poor in every sense of the game like game management everything like that like they really could be better so yeah I think you're both right I think transition period not expecting too much from them but I feel like it's going to be the start of more positive things to come one side I'm very concerned about and I think you I know you share this Scott um is uh Ustend Goose Boys just two signings so so far Fanus Ketelaris uh Catalaris sorry comes in from Apoel Limassol on a free and Tatsuhiro Sakamoto um, is now permanent signing. Uh, Mikko Biron was he was brought back and then he's been sold to Molenbeek and Mamadou TM's left on a free and a host of other players have left on loan. Players have come back in from loan. Um, Sieben de Waal has come back in and Marco Kvassina has come back in. I'm looking at this squad and goalkeeping, massive questions over the goalkeeper. They didn't obviously didn't rate Guillaume Hubert last year, but now he looks like he's going to be number one unless they go with Jordi Schellfort. I'm not sure if they'll do that. Defence, it's just really young, apart from Brecht Capon. It's I don't think anyone's older than 25 in that back line. And they had issues defensively. I think they need a little bit more of a leader. And you think what they've gone from, like Tonj, Tiata and Hendry, that was like a quality back three. And now you're like, mm, I don't think there's a quality there. I just look through the whole squad and I'm just like, if Mahtar Gay's not on it, where are the goals coming from as well? Like, I don't think Fassner's good enough, if I'm honest. Um, I haven't seen enough from him. Jay Ambrose, so some good moments, but again, don't think he's great and then they've got all these kind of like players that they've brought in that you're not really sure about what what they're there to do if you know what I mean David Atanga not really sure what he did last year Evangelist Patalidis not really sure what he's there to do Vincent Coziello like I don't know what he's there to do you're kind of really reliant in there on Rocha Santos Diarpino McGeehan dragging the midfield through uh, Indy Boonen, hopefully we can get some more Indy Boonen. I was quite excited about him last year and then he obviously got that injury. Nick Betson's pretty decent, like I want to get some more of him and Sakamoto, as you mentioned, is pretty good. But as a squad, I'm not looking at it and thinking this is the same sort of cohesive unit that we saw before Eve van der Haag took over. And this side under Eve van der Haag, I just... I don't really, I don't get it. If you know what I mean, I don't get what they, what the, where they're going with it, and I'm quite concerned that it's just not good enough to keep them in the league because I just don't think it's complementary. I may be reading it completely wrong, and happy for you guys to completely disagree with me, but I'm just really not convinced about Ustend this season. I'm quite worried about them with the fact that three teams can go down. Yeah, I, I kind of completely agree with you, Ben. I think they, I look at it and I'm thinking, is that squad better? And the obvious answer is no. And I think you know, on the Van der Heiger point, which we talked a little bit about the tail end of last season as well we we all kind of collectively felt we weren't sure that was the the right short to medium term answer in in, in appointing him as well and and i think that might come back
back to bite them a little bit because my feeling about it, watching a lot of them in the tail end of last season, was that they didn't particularly enjoy what they were trying to do. And I don't think players were responding to the coaching staff. It's a body language thing for me again. So I just, yeah, they don't, there's there's nothing there at the moment that suggests to me that they're going to perform any better than they did last year. And bearing in mind, as Joris was saying, we're going to lose three, then um, the jeopardy stakes have just kind of gone sky high, really. And yeah, Ustend um, worry the life out of me at the moment. All cards to uh, Onsakamoto and Gay. That seems to be <laughs> the strategy so far. On the other hand, two seasons ago, before their very successful season, they were even more in ruins than at the moment, I guess. We'll have to see how everything goes. At the moment, it doesn't look very hopeful for, for their fans and, and the club in general. This is one of the clubs that really needs to do some business still before the end of the transfer window. And completely agree with all the points you guys already made. Let's not be too pessimistic, so not talk too much about them anymore and hope for them that they have a better season than we expect. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Fingers crossed that they can do some more business. Let's move on to one of the surprise kind of packages from last season, uh, the Zebras, Charlois. They've brought in Martin Delavelli from Muscon on a free. They've also brought in Jonas Bayer on a free from USG, as we've already said. Damien Mark as well from Union. Julian Maggiotti comes in from Stade Lavolet. Um, he's then gone back on loan to Stade Lavolet. Um, Pierre Patron in from Le Mans. So they've brought in two goalkeepers. Dan Heymans has signed permanently from Venezia. Bio, obviously they brought in for like one point something million. They've now sold him to Watford for 5.2. So that's pretty good business. Even Golanov's gone to Paslamia. Magotti, as I already said. Lucas Ribeiro Costa has gone to Beverham. Lazar Armani, obviously, as we said, went to Union. Uh, Valentin Ozomba for, um, I thought it was pretty good for them last year. He's gone on loan to Sochar. Um, I guess with Bayer coming in, he'll take that place. Uh, Eunice Delphi's been released on a free and Didier Displez has gone to Paddy 13 Atletico or something along those lines. My biggest concern guys with them is who is scoring the goals for this team because I just don't see any strikers like recognised strikers in this team. What do you think? Yeah I think losing Bio is a sore one for them because uh, I think he'd, he'd started to really click actually and can can lightning strike twice really uh, for, for Ed Still. He did so well last season. I think I'll use the same phrase I keep using when I was talking about them I think he had them ahead of ahead of where they thought they were going to be it's that thing about you know when you take the the, the most important parts out you know I mean can you replace them and, and get the same results if not better and that that would be the worry and the frustrating thing for for, for Ed Stell but I think you know I, I would give him the benefit of the doubt you know he proved me wrong last season I didn't have great expectations for Charleroi but actually they did quite well I think if they can achieve a playoff two spot again I think they'll have had a great season but yeah I agree with Ben they need they need another striker to come in there and, and hit the ground running for them to give them a chance of some consistency but I can see them falling a little bit short this season and finishing kind of mid-table somewhere between uh, sort of ninth and, and, and 11th something like that Agreeing. Not that much to add to the striker. The window is still open. I, I'm sure they will be hoping for something in that department still. For the rest, it's a really good thing that they, that they were able to hold on to Zorgan, or at least he signed the contract succession. So that should mean he's not leaving this window. Although 
that's uh, more and more uh, uncertain these days. Uh, crucial renewal of the contract for many of these players that had a good season. It's also time for the, the confirmation of that season. They'll, they still have Kofi in goal, of course, so they, they are going to be fine. But who's going to score the goals? Kolizadek can sometimes do something, but they do need uh, a replacement for uh, for Bio for sure. We'll have to see how much that weighs, of course, then uh, in the end. Should be fine, but I don't expect anything spectacular of them necessarily. But if they can find a good striker and the other players indeed confirm uh, last season that they could have a really good season as well. Like I'm a, I'm a bit in doubt. Like probably cannot be rele- rele- revelation twice, but can they? They might be able to confirm that, but they also might not. And at the moment, it looks like might not to me. It's like very dependent on if they bring in a striker. Um, Zarik obviously can play up front. Yusuf Baji, but my thing is on them is like everything outside of the striker is great. Like they've got such a good team outside of that, and they've kept like the key players outside of Bio. So it's getting that striker, and they should should definitely be a good team this season. Like I really enjoyed watching them play last year, and I feel like I'm going to enjoy watching them play this year as well. Let's go on to the second kind of soft spot team fan team of the podcast, Kevin Mechelen. They've brought in Dimitri Lavalli, technically from Mines, but obviously we knew him from St. Truden. Alessio de Cruz from Parma on a free. Tune Limemakers, as we mentioned earlier, he comes in from Leuven on a free. Jonas Milady from Ghent on a free. Julian Ngoy from Erpen on a free. Uh, Jorge Hernandez um, from Chona Molets. Uh, he comes in on a free. Didn't really play much in Ukraine, obviously, given the situation there. So, I know there's some hype around him. Boli Bolingoli comes in from Celtic on an undisclosed fee. Out, obviously, Hugo Kuypers again. Maxim Dibir joins Lies. Onokaya has retired as well. Scott, are you happy so far or is there still business to be done? I feel quite positively about their business, actually. Um, I think that the incomings are, on the whole, pretty decent. I'm much more excited about Joris Milady than I think Joris is going to be you know, a player famously who I rate reasonably highly. Yoris doesn't, which you'll tell us about in a minute. But yeah, I think the incomings have been have been pretty decent. I think it's worth highlighting Danny Danny Boyce, the new head coach. I feel as if he's the right fit for the club. I think there's nothing to suggest that he isn't. Uh, I think there'll be some tweaks to the system. And for me, if they can show up at the back a little bit and concede a few less than they're used to doing, which Weiss has a bit of a reputation for being kind of quite solid at the back and are anything able to maintain an output even close to the one that they've had over the last few seasons and there's no reason to suspect they can't achieve a playoff two spot again. I, I think they are, you know, talking to some Mecklen fans, I think the general feeling is they are a little bit behind in terms of fitness and they're still trying to adapt to to a new system, obviously, that they've been trying out. So we'll see how things go. They've got quite a tough start. They're playing uh, Mark Van Bommel's Antwerp side, but... Um, that didn't stop them beating them uh, in the corresponding fixture uh, last season. So I'm hopeful, as far as Malim are concerned, that they can they can achieve a playoff two spot again. I'm less convinced. That's no, no surprise. Yeah, indeed. Maleda, I'm not going to touch on too much, but Scott and I have completely different opinions on this player. That's all right, of course, uh, but I, I don't rate him at all or not much. But uh, he's still young, so he can still prove me wrong. 
moet Mechelen heeft stil mensen te misschien. Losing keepers en uh, ja, Vinicius, that was going to happen, but at least losing at least two key players already. What's going to happen with Storm? Is he going to leave or not? Again, a lot of, thing, of things have, um, hinge a bit on that. Lavalle is probably a good signing for a defensive, uh, well, for Mechelen being an okay defender uh, in the Belgian league and yeah, Mechelen not having the best reputation as Scott already touched on as well. And Goy, probably a good signing, but we'll have to see. The system is going to be a bit different. I'm not sure if Boli Bonigoli is going to be much of an improvement there, uh, but uh, yeah, it's also been a while since I have seen him play. Alessio da Cruz is also an interesting signing. This is one of those players that's, uh, he's 25 now and uh, he has, he now is playing for his ninth team. That's, Yeah, it's a bit of a worrying sign, generally, I would say. Plus, does know him from in the past, though, so that hopefully is then, again, already uh, a, good, a better sign. But uh, he's also not the, the, main, the main goal scorer. Yeah, he doesn't have that much output, although in Serie B, he seems to have a, a, a decent track record, but he has to prove a lot on the highest level of a, of a con of any country still. I, I don't see them going for a play of two this time, but I'm not sure how low in the table I would, well, low or mid, mid or low, I would put them, but probably, yeah, mo more mid than, than anything else. So I guess, like Scott, maybe the back end, the, the lower end of what Scott said, maybe 11th, 12th is what it looks like. But if they lose Storm, I think they do need a bit more creativity. That's maybe a main point to put uh, as well. Even though they still have Schwedt as well and Rapti but he's also out for a long time they they are have not are already have already not been spared of injuries this quickly so maybe then for the first half of the season if Storm goes they might need another creative out yeah no I'm reasonably high on them um just because of keeping Storm and then Schwedt Hellemans I think they've got that thing when Rapti comes back I like Ngoy I'm not I'm probably in between the two of you and Milady. Um, if I'm honest, <laughs> I like I see what he can do, but I don't think he's consistent enough in what he does. But as a backup striker, I think he's fine. I'm happy that Umgoye should get more game time. I like Umgoye. I liked him last year. Vinicius obviously outplayed him and came into the side, but I, I did like what he did. So I think him and Skus in kind of that central area in behind those two should to do it yeah I'm, I think they should be playoff too just because it's Mechelen they play exciting football and yeah like you guys say if they show up at the back then blimey that'd be a first but hopefully they don't show up too much at the back and then become boring up front that won't be fun <laughs> we're on to the final team now which is Court like been a long one we knew it was going to be a long one but we're almost there guys Court like incomings Massimo Bruno returns to the Belgian Pro League he joins from Bursa Spawner 3 Bilal Messadoui Uh, his kind of permanent signing has been confirmed. Dion Deneuve, as we said earlier, from Zorta Valagem. Yusuf Shalak, we've spoken about him at, at length. Uh, he comes in from Denza. Tom van den Berg, goalkeeper, also from Denza, comes in on a free. Uh, Yao Silva, centre-back from Deportivo Alaves, comes in undisclosed. And Habib Keita joins on loan from Lyon. Uh, Jimmy Tad. Tabidze has joined Dinamo Tbilisi on a free. Tzone Ben Diasvili has gone to Vinkelsport for free. Mohamed Badamosi, uh, he's gone to Kukali on loan. Isaiah Herman's gone to Nak Breda in Holland, on the Netherlands, sorry, on loan. Trent Sainsby, Lucas Roger and Michael Jonkali have all left on a free. Looking through this team, like with all the others, again, it's kind of the goal scoring. Uh, Pap Habigay will hopefully be back. Got his lucky shirt, so hopefully he can start banging in some goals. Faisal Amani's still there, so So that's a massive plus for them. But outside of that, I like kind of the Shalok signing we've spoken about. Bilal Masadoui, I think he could have a really good season based on the back end of what we saw. If he can just find his shooting boots early on, I think he could be a massive, massive uplift for this side that will need goals. Um, I did see a goal they scored in pre-season just today, playing out from the back 
literally from one end of the pitch to the other before I think it was him that put it in the back of the net so good signs there I think out wide they're going to be good Dylan Bayer is great he was really good last season Yusha Shalak as you already mentioned Maso Bruno I think is a decent pickup for free Cadley when he comes back from injury will be great Sambu Sissoko should get some more game time as well looking forward to seeing him it is just kind of the defence I guess without Trent Sainsbury um, so Radovanovic is probably going to be there but then you're looking at Silva and Wat- Watanabe as the centre-backs not much kind of option there left back right back you've literally only got two it's Christoph Dehan and now Mesa three there's no other right back obviously um with Brian Reynolds having gone as well and Rougeau would also kind of play as a backup left back but he's gone as well so maybe Dion Deneb's going to slot in there I don't know but I like him as a signing so I'm reasonably high on Kortrijk again it's just scoring goals and who's going to score the goals for them but yeah, what do you guys think on this last team? We finally got there. Um, what are your guys' opinions on Courts like? I worry about their consistency a little bit, but that's always really been an issue with them. It certainly was last season. I think they're another club who've done a lot of their business quite early, actually, which has kind of helped. You know, there's a lot of players identified. You could tell, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at the tail end of last season, in fact. Really excited to see Yusuf Chaluk in the top division on a regular basis. Really good player who, you know, we've been banging the drum for for ages, just going to do it again. For me, if they can get you know some consistency going and build up ahead of steam, then they could have quite a positive season. But I think probably, I'm not sure they have enough for a playoff two spot. So somewhere, I, I think somewhere between maybe 10th and, and 13th I think is not not, not unrealistic or, or unreasonable for them. But like I was saying, if they can find some consistency, then you know they, they could surprise a few. I think they're a, they're a very underrated side and on their day they can give actually anybody a game and that's what makes Kurtrike always a bit of an unknown for me. I'm not sure if Salamani is actually training with the squad so I, I won't expect him in, in their squad to be fair yeah. so that's a big loss and then that increases of course the worries of, of scoring so I'm a bit more in Scott's camp I guess maybe a bit less in I, do, I don't see them I might see them struggling even um, if they don't get a, a good striker and creator okay Shaluk hopefully can do something on both uh, but he still has to prove it on, on this level and of course it's also again only one real outlet Mbayo is a good player but his output is not always there that midfield um, central midfield they, they are throwing bodies in I'm interesting. I'm interested to see Sambu Sissoko can't tell much about that but yeah the Van Andriese yeah He's a good player to have in your team, but he's also getting older already a bit. We'll have to see how that goes on. I'm a bit in sitting on the fence with them, I guess. I'm I'm, I'm really not sure. They don't have a really exciting squad uh, by the looks of it. If that then if I go to the skeptical side, they could be even in danger. Bruno, I'm not sure. Jack he should be decent enough for for Koritek, but I'm also not sure if he will pull them through in, in important moments. Most likely, a, 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 what happens then a bit of a dull season. A bit like last season, to be honest, except a, a few good spells they had, but somewhere in the, somewhere lower middle, I would uh, I would guess around uh, anything between ten and fourteen. Yep. No, I think we all need to remember what we've predicted now because if we don't, then put them into our prediction tables. We'll look pretty stupid. But not going to get your predictions now, guys. I think that is what we'll say for just coming up before match day. We'll put all our tables out there so you can see who we've gone for, where, maybe even kind of like a, a prediction on who's going to be top scorer and stuff like that. But we'll get to that later. Before we go, let's quickly look at the upcoming games for match day one. So Friday we kick off with Standard at home to Ghent. Saturday starts with Charleroi at home to Urpen. 
Then we've called Trike and Leuven kick off at 5.15 UK time. Then we have, I'm going to call it now, probably relegation six-pointer straight away. Zoltavara game against Salang. And then St. Student hosts Union Saturday evening. Lunchtime on Sunday, Club Bruges against Genk. Mechelen against Antwerp follows. Anderlecht, Oostend. And then we round off the weekend with newly promoted Vestalo hosting Circular Bruges. Guys, we've done it. We've done it again. Pre-season preview in the bag. Thanks as always for joining me. And yeah, we'll be back again for the 1B1. But how's it feel to be back? Are we raring to go? Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a great time and I've been really looking forward to this episode for ages. Plenty more to come from us uh, over the season, including, you know, quite a few exciting guests along the way. And um, no sooner have we been away, but, you know, we're, we're back at it again. And now we can go and prepare for our Challenger Pro League, everything you need to know. So plenty still to come, as I was saying. Now, See hold soon, on, folks. hold on. Aren't we forgetting something? We, we sh- shouldn't be all give uh, our <laughs> prediction for best signings uh, like last season <laughs> we'll save that for the end of the window i think we'll give ourselves a little bit of time on this one I'm, because I'm calling, who knows i'm calling it simon elisor from Serena. <laughs> we'll hold you to that one <laughs> anyway as always thank you very much for listening uh please do leave us a review on your podcast app of choice as per usual you can get in touch with us on twitter to search for belgian football podcast you can find us all on individually there as well you can also find our gmail account on there as well to send us an email if you prefer as usual thanks for listening and we'll see you very soon on another episode of the belgian football podcast <laughs>